Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and Barbenheimer, I didn't even know her. Joining me today is Devinder Hardwar. I didn't win, but at least Dave is last. <laughs> and Jeff Kanata. Someday I hope to be Kenuff to win this contest. <laughs> Wow, that was a really personal one, Devendra. Wow. Uh, joining us today for this very special episode, he is senior reporter at io9 Gizmodo, Jermaine Lucier. Oh, uh, Jermaine, you're muted. Let me let me repeat that. Joining us today, he is a senior reporter at io9 Gizmodo, Jermaine Lucier. Is that the sound of freedom? No, it's the sound of five people being very bad at this, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Serena. None of us put Barbie in the top seven because we're stupid. <laughs> we are not enough, actually. Well, we, are, we are not enough. Well, yep. uh, as those opening statements may have clued you in, uh, today on the Filmcast is our 2023 Summer Movie Wager results episode. At the beginning of the summer, we gathered together. All five of us predicted what we thought would be the top 10 films of the summer. Uh, including three dark horses. And now at the end of the summer, we are gathering together to count down what the actual top 10 movies are, talk about where we went wrong. I have brought a lot of receipts. I will play clips throughout this episode. You will hear that a clip has begun by a harp sound, and a harp sound will also close out the clip. Uh, so that's how you know we're back into this present reality where we're all very bad at this. You can find more episodes of the Filmcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Find us across uh, threads, Instagram, and uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash at thefilmcastpod, at thefilmcastpod, where you can find us on all those places. We're also on TikTok at the Filmcast. Okay. Dave, we were always bad at this. It's not returning yeah. to a time where we're bad at this. We were always bad at it. What I meant was too dumb to know it at the time. That's what I meant the, was fasting for, like, like I understand you know, what you're saying. I'm making we a joke. Reconciling yeah. with how bad we are now. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Well, let's, so, mm -hmm. uh, let's share a few overall thoughts on the summer before we dive into, uh, in, into the top 10. And I do want to point out, by the way, whoever won the summer movie wager that person gets to choose uh, a movie or TV show under three hours long uh, that we will all watch and review as part of the podcast. So that's the stakes here. So at the at the end, you know, it's going to be super hard to figure it out during the course of the episode. Uh, so at the end, we'll reveal who won the Summer Movie Wager. We also want to give a big shout out to Dennis, who put together thesummermoviewager.com. Every year, he makes this uh, this competition Really, really fun and interesting and engaging throughout. And unfortunately, gave me a lot of hope until the last two weeks. Dennis, uh, which, you're awesome. Thank <laughs> which, you. Exactly. Yeah, Things really do change a lot quickly in, in those last few weeks. Indeed, yeah. indeed, indeed. Okay, the thing so, I've learned over the years is you never want to be in the lead midway through the summer. <laughs> mm -hmm. So true. So true. <laughs> very accurate. Very accurate. So, uh, okay. Uh, let's talk about the summer. And I think what's notable to me about the summer is in the past, there have been things that have happened where uh, it's like, oh, well, the, our lists were like overall or one or two people's lists were overall pretty good, except for one title, right? Like, except, oh, we didn't see Wonder Woman uh, happening or we didn't see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 getting first, right? Like, that's kind of what it's been like in the past. What's notable to me about this year's Summer Wager is all of us got multiple things horribly wrong, right? That's kind of... Uh, what feels notable. These scores that we got are 
some of the lowest I think we've ever gotten. Which there is were part just... of the fun of a summer movie wager. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just Absolutely. like walking into complete messes. Yeah, it's great. Multiple surprises upon multiple surprises. Uh, so that's one big observation I had. Another observation is just a lot of the stuff we thought would be in the top 10 wasn't in the top 10. You know, um, I'll just give one example. Fast 10 was, or Fast X was not in the top 10, right? Like that's, yeah. if you had told us at the beginning of summer, hey, by the way, Fast 10, not even going to be in the top 10. I think we would be completely shocked by that. But let's just be, be clear. Louis Ledier, we love him. Big fan. <laughs> Louis, we love you. Guy. Absolutely. Great, great. Absolutely. Hope you have a great summer. It's not yeah. like it was that far off from the I mean, he's 11. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. 11. Yeah, we sorry. also, we couldn't have predicted that at the end of the summer, the phrase, that movie wasn't enough, would actually make a lot of sense to all of us. <laughs> makes complete sense. <laughs> So anyway, those are a couple of my observations. Does anyone else have anything they want, any reflections they want to share before oh, yeah. we get to the top 10? I yeah. got a bunch. I got okay. a bunch. But I think <laughs> the main one was, uh, hey, maybe, uh, yeah, next time the summer movie wager shouldn't be a bunch of dudes. I feel mm. like big, big blind spots around here. I, I don't know. But, yeah. I can't imagine what you're talking about. No mistakes were made. Division. No mistakes were I made. I mean, yeah. luckily, yeah. we learned all learned our lesson from Wonder Woman several years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I, I, uh, I was wondering, I, I, I just feel like it's one of the most unpredictable summers ever. And not even just because you know, of the top movies and the order just, it's like, we don't understand audience, uh, appetites. Yeah. Oh, or like our audience app or maybe or more accurately audience appetites really have begun to shift a little bit, you know? And I think we'll definitely get into it, but the whole Barbenheimer thing is like this weird mix of like underserved audiences slash good content slash, you know, like social media mega bomb. Like it's crazy. Like, so so mm-hmm. you, we have no idea what's going to happen at this thing any year. Is my thought. We are incredibly out of touch and yeah. not very smart. You, you know, but also, <laughs> but also uh, I agree with you, Jermaine, because like the, the combination of the Barbenheimer phenomenon with the Sound of Freedom phenomenon, I think both of those are sort of unprecedented in in the summer as far as these external forces that are shaping the top ten list in ways that we just couldn't possibly have anticipated like this. And by external, I mean, just Mm -hmm. not just sort of natural people going to see a movie because they're interested in the movie. There's these other things that are now at play, this kind of the, uh, you know, the Instagram of it all, the, the social media uh, flexing of it all, the, these campaigns that are, aren't really about advertising necessarily. They're, that are grassroots and viral and it mm-hmm. it's it's interesting it's complicated and it makes us look like idiots i so. always wonder sometimes too like it, it is a little more performative now too like it's not about some of, we, we could dive into this more deeply but i think some of the bartmanheim stuff wasn't just about going to see the movies but it was to be seen to right. be going yeah to the movies, exactly and that was exactly. really interesting yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, same same uh, minions, very similar yeah. phenomenon. By the way, you mm-hmm. know, like it's it's kind of like it's it makes going its own event, uh, right? It's separate yeah. than, and distinct than actually. Seeing doesn't the matter film. what the movie is, but right. in doesn't this matter case, what the it actually turned out pretty great for both yeah, movies. Yeah. So yeah, indeed, indeed. But I, I, I want to congratulate Jeff. Someone uh, replied to me Thank on you. Twitter. MG Doran <laughs> says that Finally, Jeff is the only person me. to ever have done this. He. 
It's the third time (laughs) that the number one movie has been on this dark horse list. The other two times were Wonder Woman and Guardians of the Galaxy. So congratulations, Jeff. Congrats. Pulse on. Finger on the pulse, Jeff. Jeff is the only person. So Dark Horse is basically a movie that you think might be in the top 10, but you don't actually put in the top 10. Right. Uh, And Jeff is the only person in the history of the summer movie wager that has put (laughs) three films in his Dark Horses that have ended up being number one. Number one. Number one. Yeah. That are like, I probably won't make the top 10. And they ended up being... Number one, um, <laughs> Jeff. Do you think that's how much that has anything to do with the uh, the not watching trailers? Like, because you had no yeah. idea. What I, Barbie I actually think was. it does. I will, I yeah. will make that yes. point later today. Yes. But yes, go but ahead, also, Jeff. yeah, is it the children who are wrong? I think that's a real question here for Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Jeff was better at this game when he was watching trailers. Yeah, so that he was. That's, that's I didn't true. win it twice back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe I need to just rethink my entire worldview here, guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. For, just for the purpose of this game. Indeed, yeah. Indeed. All right. Uh, I, 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 wa- I want to, I mean, here's the thing that is most embarrassing to me about that. Because it is, I mean, it is embarrassing. Uh, but, but it's fun. Like, I love the unpredictable nature of it. But right. the embarrassing part comes in, for me, with Barbie and Wonder Woman. Because those... It, the fact that they were both number one and I put them as dark horses, I think really betrays a blind spot uh, that I have. And it's, it has to be partly due to the fact that I'm a dude, right? And and I, it, it is, you know, I had a, a very big assumption about Barbie that I made very clear on the podcast. I'm sure you'll play clips of it, Dave. But the uh, assumption I had about Barbie uh, was honestly based on the fact that I had seen a tiny sliver of a moment from the movie uh, that seemed to indicate to me that it was going to be sort of not a family-friendly film, and I thought that was really going to hurt it. And so, I I mean, I just completely misjudged that and, and, and got it wrong. But I have to kind of really do some soul searching as far as the fact that Wonder Woman and Barbie are both massive misses for me over the years and i gotta give more credit to uh these movies that are aimed at female audiences and understand that they really can dominate the summer and i don't think the barbenheimer thing i think barbenheimer helped oppenheimer more than it helped barbie and i think barbie i think barbie would have crushed no matter what i don't think oppenheimer would have gotten to number four without barbie Mm, yeah it would have yeah. been on the, it would have been you know i think it would have performed very very well so i think people were interested in that movie genuinely but i think barbie is the force of nature this summer in the same way that top gun was the force of nature last Absolutely. summer mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and sure. i don't think any of us saw that coming well jeff, okay I, so for, first of all go ahead jermaine go ahead i was gonna say i can't wait to see jeff overcorrect next year and he's like <laughs> he's like snow white number one Wonder Woman four, <laughs> number two. It's Jeff, that doesn't even exist. It's number two. Yeah, no. It's um yeah. uh that <laughs> what was that movie? Hooray for Brady or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hooray for Brady two. Um so eighty for Brady, yeah. It's interesting like. that you say that no one saw it coming, Jeff. First of all, I want to say I did have a clip prepared, but uh because the thing that really struck me listening back to the original summer movie wager, the vehemence, Jeff. <laughs> Your your vehemence that there's no way yeah. parents would take their kids to go see Barbie. Like you were just so fixated on. It. And meanwhile, all of us that had actually seen the trailer were like, 
that's like not a big deal at all. Like no one cares about you know. So well, I think well, actually you had mentioned the tracking too. They was tracking really well. Yeah, there, yeah. So so, uh, yeah. so anyway, but that was a very heartfelt kind of acknowledgement. And now I'm like I don't I don't even feel like I should play the clip because of like I you know, agree. That was you re- should not. <laughs> all right. Well, I say play the clip. It, it's interesting that you say uh, no one called it because at the very end of the summer movie wager, um, Jermaine, you know, we're all wrapping up. We're all kind of getting ready to leave this uh, prison that is this podcast uh, window. And uh, Jermaine made a couple of offhanded remarks. Here's Jermaine at the end of uh, the summer movie wager episode. Who would have guessed? Who would have predicted consensus? Never happened before. Unprecedented. Which is and why it's everyone's really be completely funny. wrong. Barbie's number one. Haunted yeah. Mansion's like number three. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be hilarious to see how wildly wrong we all are. It is every year. No matter, how, year. No matter how confident you are, you look at that list, you're yeah. like, that's the list. There it is. Never. Yeah. Right. Never. Somehow my chances of beating Jermaine have come down to Blue Beetle, guys. Uh, <laughs> which I think sums up my entire year. But... Jermaine, you you, you should have gone with your impulse right there. You got half got of it. it right. I was so I was I, I was listening <laughs> to that back, and I was like, "Oh my god, I said that." And like haunted mansion. I'm like, "Oh, oh haunted god. mansion." Well, yeah. I ruined. I undercut myself. The joke yeah. there, though, that Jermaine yes. was making is yes. how that just is wildly unlikely. Like he he was saying, "Oh yeah, Barbie's number one." Like we all realize that that's impossible. Right. Absolutely. I think, uh, right. I, I, I uh, so Barbie. You know, let's start. Barbie was number one. It made six hundred twelve million dollars. It was the most successful Warner Brothers film in history. I need everyone to hear <laughs> this clip, this creed de cour from uh, me, David Chen, at the uh-huh. at the summer movie wager episode. Here it is. Because my number eight choice is also Barbie. I originally had this way higher up because I, I don't think you guys. I think you guys are all underselling the intensity of fan reaction to the trailers and marketing material so far. Like I, I literally have not seen uh a love and anticipation for this movie more intense than than for literally any other film this summer. So I originally had Barbie much higher up on the list. Mm-hmm. I originally thought this is gonna surprise everyone. It's gonna make 300 plus million dollars. I no longer feel that's true. I looked up some tracking and people are expecting it will open at around 30. Um, I think it's probably going to do way better than 30 and still like hold on for quite a bit longer. That's why I put it at the slot. I still remember when Wonder Woman trounced all of us to become the number one mm-hmm. film of that summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think Wonder Woman had any masturbation jokes in it. <laughs> I don't, I'm I don't recall. Sure I probably did. I mean, it, there yeah, was a sex joke. There yeah, was definitely. a sex joke. Yeah. yeah. Go with your so, gut, Chen. Go with your <laughs> gut, Chen. So close. Uh, no, I'm so going to do, do the Dave Chen approach next year where I just say all the possibilities. Yes, uh, that's a, yes Jeff. That describes my list exactly. No, <laughs> you, I, you, I, you don't you, get credit no, for not hey, doing hey, something. You, you know, to quote Vin Diesel, it don't matter whether you to, to paraphrase Vin Diesel, it don't matter whether you lose by an inch or a mile. It's true. I still put it very low. So, like, if there's nothing. But uh, I just need you to hear the agony. That's all. I, I think that's that, that, that all in response agony. to Jeff. Like that, that the reason you made that that whole thing, Dave. So yeah, uh, just yeah. In, just, I'll shut up in just a second, but I'll say one <laughs> more thing about my vehemence that you've that you've noted. That's the whole game of the of the the first episode of the summer movie wager is you come in and you <laughs> try to convince everyone how confident you are, and then uh, and then you eat crow. This is the eat crow episode. So no, I don't You're think right. my vehemence right. has. 
you know, it, it's, it's of note, I guess, to you, but it's not of note to me because I feel like that's the whole point is you come in and you're like, yeah, I know what's going on. And then you're shown to be dumb. Indeed. Well, you know, and I uh, totally accept my my part in that, too. I, the, the tracking led me wrong. Also, I'm just going to put this out there. Uh, my wife also led me wrong, too, on this. I was oh, like, wow. I was like, I put oh, me oh, like, under the bus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She's like. She she said, uh, "Hey, uh, I don't see anyone watching this film. This movie's not going to make a hundred million dollars." Wow. And I was like, "That really swayed me too." I'm like, "Oh, throwing his I, wife am I, am I so, am I so out of Joy O'Napping is going to be napping on the bed while Dave naps on the couch. <laughs> you nap in the doghouse now. Anyway, unbelievable. Yeah. Barbie, six hundred twelve million dollars. This movie was completely <laughs> Dave, unselfish. Dave took no lessons from the actual movie. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, can, um, can I defend? Can, can I? One defense, one defense of, of my Barbie ranking, which I, I probably can't defend, but I don't know. I thought like Lego movie is the example mm -hmm. here, right? Mm -hmm. Like and Lego movie did like 400 million or something like that. I was like, this could be the Lego movie, but Legos appeal to everybody. And I was like, Barbie, at least when I was a kid, appealed to, you know, females. Like, like none of my guy friends were playing with Barbies. Um, I was. Okay, some people were. Um, so I was like, you know, so you got to cut down what the leg, what the comp is of the Lego movie down, and that, and then on top of that, then you got to be like, oh, it's opening in August. You only got it opened in July. Weeks. It opened in, in July. July, mid July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, then, which was still well, pretty. Okay, then yeah. you got five, five weeks. <laughs> yeah, which is not. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, th that was my thinking on it, but I was totally wrong. So. In Peter's defense, he was also listening to Dave's wife. Mm, I was. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, it turns out when there is a part of the audience that is underserved or when a certain certain kinds of stories have been not in theaters for a really long time, people will turn out for them. I think that's mm -hmm. something that's a big lesson we've learned for the last few years. There's so. also the word of mouth. And like we talked about the social media in this of it. There's so like, this was a completely unpredictable thing. I think we could have even predicted like number one, I'm sure somebody on the summer movie got it. I our Peter and I have a mutual friend named uh, Nate Peaster who works at Disney, who told me he's like, M Barbie's going to be the top two. And I was like, sure, buddy. And of course, you know, ate, ate that crow. But I, this one I think was just like, it, it could have won at like 400, Dave. You originally said like 300 plus as your mm -hmm. like joke. But 600 plus is, is a cultural phenomenon of like the times. Beat the Dark Knight overall worldwide. Like it's insane. It's, I mean, it's hard to it's predict. The, it's so exciting. The marketing machine was also like this was such a blend of like organic excitement plus the yeah. marketing machine. And like I think a lot of the, I, I, don't, I forget if it was the marketing that was just like, hey. Barbie and Oppenheimer together, or did people start making jokes about that online? And then the marketing teams were like, "Fuel online. the flame, fuel the flame." Yeah, it was definitely yeah. it was definitely not a planned. Yes, you know. In fact, uh, arguably, they put that on the same date to try to yes. screw over Christopher Nolan because yes. uh, Barbie is a Warner Brothers movie. Christopher Nolan left Warner Brothers to go to Universal. Uh, so it's definitely a purely organic thing. Christopher uh, yeah, Nolan think... over here is like, "Your hate makes me stronger <laughs> every time." I don't think any marketing person would be like. You know, let's put it on the same day as another highly anticipated movie. I'm not I saying think. that. No, it's, it's I'm saying the programming fact that, is what it was. Yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, the girls are going to go see this, and the boys yes. are going to go see this, and not everyone's going to see both. Right. I think whoever like uh, alerted that shift, like, hey, social media is really latching onto this idea of two completely disparate movies being kind of funny next to each other. Like, let's just run with that. Let's run I, with I, it. I, 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 you know, I think that's absolutely a part of it, but also 
Barbie made double the money of Oppenheimer. Double. Yeah. So Barbie is the phenomenon, you know? Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on yeah. that, Jeff. I, I think Oppenheimer benefited from Barbie mm -hmm. way more mm -hmm. so than they were. Yes. Um, it was half the length. Uh, so that was a tiny <laughs> bit. You are right. You are right. Yeah. The only other observation I have about this is I think a massively successful uh, or, or extremely intense word of mouth online and on social media often feels indistinguishable mm -hmm. from extremely intense, you know, word of mouth on social media for an unsuccessful movie. Like for, for a movie like Barbie, it also looks the same as an unsuccessful movie. That's one of the reasons why I put it so low is because I uh, we've seen tons of movies be like, oh my God, this movie's going to be freaking yeah, yeah. huge. I'll snakes give you an on example. a plane. Uh, yeah. Snakes on a plane. A great example. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Another example. I'll give you a recent example that's a little bit sadder. Bottoms. That movie looked like it was going to be huge. Uh, opened wider this weekend. Didn't do very well. Didn't do like, didn't open big. And so there's a lot of movies you're like, oh my gosh, this the, the buzz is white hot for this. And then it uh, turns out not to be the case. Um, this was one of the times where it turned out to be the case that it, it actually was white hot. Mm -hmm. So, um, but anyway, at the end of the day, these are all just excuses, just uh, pity, pitiful defenses. We all messed this up. Uh, no one called this. No one came even close to calling this. Uh, and so we deserve to eat crow for this one. Yeah, so Barbie three, looks like three of us had an eight. Devinder had nine, and Jeffrey Dark Horse. <laughs> That's correct. So which means uh, I. I theoretically, it could have been one. Like that, I was the only one. <laughs> I was the only, only one that left the option open that it Jeff could be one. Jeff is the only one that contemplated that. That's <laughs> the possibility, <laughs> indeed. Um, so yeah. Uh, to be right. to be honest with you, it, it like as a game, it is not a bad play to put a movie like that in the dark horse because like True. Barbie could have been anywhere on that map, and Jeff knew that it was going to be the, it, it could be there somewhere, but like. I don't know. None of us. Oh, but that's well, probably two points. That's well, yeah, it, right. It, it that's two points. Two on points. The list. It cost me two points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywhere yeah. on the map in your top ten gets you three points. You know, so it's I, not. I, I do also. You know, I, I don't like. Well, this is a complete. I don't. I do not want to get into a whole rat hole on this, but <laughs> I do wonder, Jeff, if you had watched the entire trailer, if that would have made a difference for you, because like Probably. in the context of the entire trailer, the masturbation joke is like three seconds of like a, a whole trailer. And I wonder, you were so fixated on that. I'm just curious, like if you have any thoughts on that, but it's certainly possible. I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, that's a whole other argument that everybody is very, uh, keen I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to the overcorrection. Conan O'Brien's masturbating bear. Number one next. Year. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Well, that's number one, Barbie, $612 million. Uh, and, uh, we all missed it. Let's take a quick break for a sponsor. We'll be back with more Summer Movie Wager Countdown right after this. This episode of the Filmcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever find that just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking to you? Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? I can tell you that I've definitely found myself staring at the ceiling wide awake at an hour I desperately needed rest because my brain just wouldn't shut off because I was trying to sort through all of the problems that I'd tried to ignore throughout the day. My brain just wouldn't let me ignore them anymore. Well, it turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. And therapy 
gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. I've certainly found the benefit of therapy in helping to sort through all of those burdens, all of those stresses, all of those thoughts that rattle around in my head when I don't want them to. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com filmcast today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. All right. Number two at the box office was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse at $381 million. Uh, and only one of us dead hit Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, at number two of this year. And that person is Peter Serena. Here is what he said at the time. The number two for me is, and I think I'm probably going to be the lone person here on this one, is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Wow. Mm, okay. Wow. Okay. Right. Wow. Bold. Now, bold the, not- the first movie, if I usually go on comps. You know, yes, you do. Yeah. I said, like, how does jeff put together his list like the way i put together my list is i look at the previous film mm-hmm. and the previous movie in this it only did 190 so it would not get to number two this you know spider verse would not get to number two with that but since then we've had no way home which was like this huge huge movie i mean 814 million right like it's a, a huge movie uh we've had that spider-man video game we've had um I just think Spider-Man, people have found this on DVD, or I guess not DVD, VOD. Uh, I feel like this sequel is going to have a much bigger audience than that first movie. I think it has the potential of doing over 300 million, maybe 350. Could not have been writer, Peter. Perfect. Dead on, Peter. I mean, just props, props where it's due. Like, you're the only one that saw it coming. And honestly, for a time, for the first half of the summer... Spider-Verse was number one at the box office. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking that actually benefits us all because that means Peter has it one off from yeah. where it actually is. <laughs> the, the greatest uh, thing is Barbie being number one won me yes, this it, year. It, it was very helpful for you. It was yeah. very helpful for you. Right. So uh, even though we don't know who won because we haven't revealed that information yet. Oh, right, um, that would have been crazy. But, but yeah, that would have been crazy. Would, it, it would possibly win me it this would, year. Po- it would be potentially decisive for you. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to talk. We're, having, we're gonna talk later about who actually won. So that's good that you didn't reveal that just now. Now, lest you think I'm only going to play clips in which I agonized about the correct decision, here is me completely biffing it about Spider-Verse. Devinkra also putting... Yes, Spider-Man across the yes. Spider-Verse above the Little Mermaid. I just think that, that is, is going to be that is going to be Mary the the, the, uh, the you know the mm. fault the fl- <laughs> what is the critical flaw the you know flaw, like the flaw <laughs> I don't know what's the, the word I'm looking is, for that's like the thing that makes the whole house tumble like I anyway. don't want it would be nice if all of our lists weren't like exactly the same you know so yes. oh, well thank choice, you for, choices were made thank you, you know? for make switching it up and giving us a variety to Devinkra but that is Devinkra's number four the Little yes. Mermaid. What I like about so, this, what I like about, I'm sorry guys, it was just that mm-hmm. this is one of those things where obviously I think Barbie was awesome and it's great that it was number one. This is one of those movies though that we all probably hoped 
was yes. going to be really good and that yep. it was and that it did so well is a nice pat on the back because there's so it many is. movies uh, during every summer, this summer as well, where you were really highly anticipating it and it just kind of crapped the bed. But Spider-Verse did not. And I really appreciate that. Love and it. so that, that that it did number two and that, you, that people got good points on it. I, I'm fine with blowing this one because <laughs> the end result historically will be we have a great movie to enjoy. This, well, this I, is one where I wish I listened to my heart a little more too. Like I was, it was my number one as I was developing the list for a very long time and then eventually shifted down to, to two. And then something I thought, like I thought Indiana Jones would do better guys. Everybody loves so Indiana Jones. All. Who doesn't love Indiana Jones? Apparently nobody or not very few people. <laughs> um, well, only so, old people. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this was the slot where many of us put Indiana Jones, right? Uh, Davindra, Jeff, me, and Jermaine all put Indiana Jones 5 at number 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out, you know, this is another thing we should have mentioned early on. This was the summer where we realized uh, people don't really want to see old people do stunts anymore. They Except don't for really... Top Gun. So I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah we were yeah, coming off sense. the Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah. I thought this might be the Top Gun of, of this year. as like yeah. people yeah. returning to this beloved franchise. And I, that's what we all thought. We all thought, we all yeah. thought like, this was going to be the Top Gun of the year. It's funny. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all obviously grew up with Indiana Jones in a way that a lot of the more general movie audiences didn't. But also, and we're not at Indiana Jones yet, but... I think I noticed early on when that movie came out and I liked the movie a lot was that I was talking to a Disney person. They're like, yeah, they're like, this one's tough because no one in the movies on social media. So like, it's really been like pulling teeth <laughs> to get Harrison Ford or Phoebe Waller bridge or anybody oh, to like man. do anything. And so they're like, we were right. And so I think That's... we talked about Barbenheimer mm-hmm. being such a big thing online and Indiana Jones not doing that. And like, Wow, the social media marketing, maybe that played a, a big role. Well, to, to, be, to be fair, like, to, yeah, yeah. To, to be fair, like when op, when Barbenheimer happened, uh, the strike was going on. So there was mm-hmm. no at the, there had been lead up to that point. Well, they had also stuff, they did but, they both studios had done the uh, the junk. They did before. their press. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I, but, but, I think that the yeah. phenomenon of Barbie is not dissimilar to what we assumed the phenomenon of Indiana Jones would be. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. dissimilar to the phenomenon of Top Gun, right? right it's just right. it's just a di- there is still a huge nostalgia factor, a huge returning to something that is very comfortable and and you know represents this the shared cultural moment. I think that's kind of what happened with Top Gun in, in a large sense and it, Top Gun was coming out of COVID years where everybody was huddled and we wanted this sort of uh, lofty, uh, aspirational kind of uh, jingoistic uh, return to American ideal. And I think that Barbie in its own way is that too. Like it is this return to this kind of uh, magical ideal of youth. And it happened to be a excellent movie that did a lot of really interesting things, very funny and fun. But I think that the galvanizing force that we thought was going to work for Indiana Jones, which mm-hmm. is the same thing really was in play for Barbie as well. And it's a Barbie could be, it's a bit of a throwback in terms of movies done on sound stages, you know, mm. a movie with major musical sequences. Like it feels like a familiar thing, like old movies used to be, except yeah. a lot more progressive, you know, but I want to say in terms of, of spider verse, like everybody here, except for Devendra was like, I don't want to say like laughing at me, but like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. like oh, there was no, no one thought you were right about it. I said, yeah, there was one you acknowledged said, what we thought you, you acknowledged in that clip on <laughs> the premise that we all were operating <laughs> on, which is like, it's not going to outperform its predecessor that much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 
But instead, it made you know over one hundred fifty million dollars more than his predecessor. So, uh, and also, I, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but like uh, the movie was awesome, right? Like it was yeah. it was an amazing movie, one yeah, of our fav- best movies of the summer, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, it's as you said, Jermaine, always great when like a really good movie does really well. Uh, Peter Serretta, this is your kind of Jermaine's Top Gun Maverick pick of this year, right? Like, this yeah. is your but kind not, of... But not as good. I mean, the Top Gun... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it. Well, unlike, unlike Top Gun, uh, yeah, I got you, it dead on. Yeah, yeah you actually Fair. didn't get Fair. Top Gun dead on. Yeah. I, no, I didn't. So. And, and if I had... Yeah, I know, of course. Of course. Dead on, <laughs> the, the scoreboard wins, but I still feel like we didn't give Peter as much crap as I got last year. It's, that is that's true. true. That's true. You're Do you right. think You're that right was because that. of Top Gun? Because I was expecting you guys to pile on. You guys did a little bit of crap, but it wasn't like. Well, it's not Top Gun Maverick. Like no one, like nobody. That's expected. even yeah. more ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah. hey, if you told me at the beginning of summer, Spider Spider Man across Spider Verse got hundred fifty million dollars more, I'd be like, oh, that must be a really good movie. If you told me Top Gun Maverick's gonna be make seven hundred million plus, I'd be like. I'm sorry. I think yeah, hell for yeah, I mean, You're from a different dimension. Yeah, I think I think I think we all wanted Spider Verse to be really good, and I was the only kid who saw Top Gun probably when it came out in 1986. So like, I was the one <laughs> who really wanted. All right, I met with yeah, Jeff. You saw it. All right, thank you. Jeff was there, and he didn't uh, put it there. But the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just gonna say. So at the end of the day, though, we're all li- now living in a post Top Gun Maverick world where like <laughs> anything that we think could be one of the worst performing, you know. And I said this. I made this observation in the podcast. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny performed this year how we thought Top yes. Gun would perform last year. Yes, right? I think I That's put right. Top Gun at number seven last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so Jeff, go ahead. Yeah. The, the other thing, the other big takeaway from me, and you guys have kind of danced around this a little bit too, but I just want to put a finer point on it, is how, you know, I, I think I mentioned this too before, is, is that I got to sort of be less cynical because the, the early years of doing the summer movie wager, mm-hmm. I think I, I, the years that I won it was because I was super cynical about the audience and, you know, putting Transformers, yeah, Transformers movies really high yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And looking at this list, the top four movies of the summer are all, in my opinion, phenomenal movies, mm-hmm. just excellent, excellent movies that I would rate very, very highly in the entire year. And the fact that we've gotten to that point where you have to get all the way down to five to to get to a movie where I thought that wasn't, you know, very good, was just sort of a popcorn, like, crass money grab. And in previous summers, it felt like the top movies were all crass money grabs that mm-hmm. weren't very good. And mm-hmm. I just love the fact that we've gotten to this place where the audiences are record, rewarding quality. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jeff. Great point. All right. Uh, so shall we move on to number three? Number three Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which made $358 million domestic. Last year, uh, or sorry, earlier this summer, we all put Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 as number one. Here's what I said when that happened. Here's the thing. Here, I, I, I got, got the sinking feeling. Has it my, ever? Is in my stomach. In my stomach. When uh, everyone started saying Guardians. Because the last time yeah. we all chose a movie as number one <laughs> was, was last, last year. year when uh-huh. everyone on this show picked uh, Jurassic World Dominion as number yeah. one, and every single one of us was wrong. Last well, year was an anomaly. It was well, a strange you, time. When well, in 2019, consensus... we all picked uh, Avengers, and we were all mm-hmm. right, maybe? So mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. yeah. But when there's consensus, it usually means we're all dumb. Yeah, Jeff, you called that, Jeff. When there's consensus, it usually means we're all dumb. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we all picked it as number one. It ended up number three. Uh, this was... 
an enjoyable film. I thought this is a pretty and fun. Kind of rough for some people. I think yeah. people talked about like that. Maybe that hurt the rewatchability. Is just how rough that movie was at oh, yeah. times when it yeah, came to I, animal cruelty. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, it performed way better. Yeah. Than I thought it would, given that it did have pretty brutal scenes in it. Um, but I, uh, I, at the end of the day, though, this is you know one of Marvel's best performing movies of the year. I th- what, how many? Quantumania was the other one. Were there mm-hmm. any others? And yeah, then no. Marvel's coming. Out Marvel's is coming. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this, yeah. this performed about where we all probably figured it, like three hundred and fifty-eight right. or something like that. Right? Yeah. So like, so like you're like, oh yeah, uh, th- that's good enough for number one, you know. But then we have an incredible Spider-Man movie, and then this cultural phenomenon, you know. So like, I think we probably did okay here, but you know, okay for us is you know. <laughs> okay for us is absolutely terrible by the standards of any objection uh, objective measure so uh but yeah this also um i am jeff we've talked about how like it feels like the superhero genre is in trouble you know on the podcast and i do wonder if this might be one of like who knows? Maybe in like three years from now, Kang Dynasty is going to come out and like blow the doors off of everything. And we're going to be like, well, I can't believe we ever doubted Kevin Feige. But to me, I wonder, is this the last gasp of the Marvel, you know, cinematic universe? Like, Is this the last Marvel movie that's going to do really well? Then the Marvels is going to come out in three months and prove me wrong. But like, <laughs> but the, the superhero business has been like Shazam 2, Blue Beetle, The Flash. Those are all DC movies. I know. Rough year. Uh, Quantumania. It's been a rough year for superhero right. films other than Guardians 3. So I am curious, like, is Guardians three Deadpool, the last gasp? Or, Deadpool or three is, is going to be the last gasp, and I think well, that Aquaman, we we got the uh, teaser or the 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 hint that a teaser is coming for Aquaman two. Uh, that Aqu- movie exists. Aquaman December 20th. two. Aquaman two is a movie for which there has been no marketing, <laughs> and the other night at the football game, they bought a teaser yeah. for the trailer to come teaser, out. Teaser? Pro- no, teaser for the teaser. Dave. Oh, yeah, probably because they're still cutting the teasers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, a, a really uh, a rare high point in superhero films for yeah. the year, and a movie I think we all enjoyed. So I, it's, I also yeah. think that that movie would have done a lot better if it came out a few years earlier because of the superhero fatigue, number one, but also like I think it became a thing like Star Trek where they waited too many years in between mm-hmm. the, the sequels. Like you, you kind of like can't leave that many mm-hmm. years in between. That's a, that's a mm-hmm. long story, though, with James Gunn, social yeah. media, and then the Suicide Squad, and then DC. But I think you are right. If that this had come out, I think it's supposed to come out before, uh, you know, much sooner after Endgame. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It would have done better. But I think, mm-hmm. yeah, at, at this point, it probably did. Marvel's probably very happy with it, um, is my guess. Yeah, 358 million is nothing to sneeze at. I do want to sure. say, to, to just to head off the emails that we're going to get, um, we literally were talking about how, you know, superhero movies didn't do great just after talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse sure. being number two. Yeah, so, fair enough. Live, live action superhero. Yeah, live action. Because I was fair. also going like to say... Two out of the yeah. top three yes. are, are superhero movies. That's true. Great point, Jeff. Great point. <laughs> thank you, thank Ninja- you for saving me from the emails. I appreciate that. <laughs> I would okay. also say Ninja Turtles counts as superheroes, right? Yes. And it didn't get into the top ten, but I feel like if that movie came earlier in the summer and was pump, like pumped up a little more, like that was a great movie. I think it could have it had more legs to go. Yeah. What's great about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem, aside from being a great movie, is also, mm-hmm. uh, my understanding, relatively low budget. You know, yeah. uh, closer to a hundred million than the you know two hundred plus of Spider Verse, the two hundred plus of Elemental. Uh, so that movie's probably going to be a financial success. All right. Uh, now we get to number four, uh, and that is Oppenheimer. So Oppenheimer made three hundred ten million dollars. 
what's amazing about Oppenheimer too is this is a movie that is performing extremely well worldwide. I think it's almost going to crack 900 million, could be on track to a billion dollars. Uh, this is what Devendra Hardware said about Oppenheimer yep. when he put it the lowest out of any was at number 10 in uh, early summer 2023. My number 10 this is the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer. I do think Nolan still has a pull among a certain type of group. Um, there's just so many things working against this movie. Like it is so long. It, uh, the trailers look cool, but it also seems very, very dour because of what this movie is actually about. So this is not a summer fun romp, <laughs> but I do think a lot of people will be like, well, it's Christopher Nolan. I think this is what Christopher Nolan is doing. So I think that will be enough to get it to number 10. That's my reasoning there. And uh, that's why I didn't put Transformers or anything else here. I do think that it's remarkable that um, four out of the five of us, a.k.a. the smart ones, <laughs> all put Barbie as higher than Oppenheimer. Um, so we'll see if that plays out or if if it will be the one out of five. It is the battle of the summer. It is the weekend yeah. battle of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I will I will eat further crow later on. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Devendra, to be fair, none of us called it being this high. I just played your no clip sense. because it was kind of, you're, you know, kind of yeah. representative of how and I will many say, of us felt about this, right? I still kind of feel that way about that movie. Like, I'm shocked it did so well because yeah. I've talked to people who went and saw it multiple times in IMAX and I thought it was perfectly fine the first time, you know, and I didn't have any pull to go back. So I'm I'm glad some people are finding it, you know, more worthwhile. I think that Barbenheimer thing like really helped it because when I saw yeah. and I did the Barbenheimer double feature when I saw it at Century City uh, coming out of it and just seeing all these people in pink looking like they had been through a world war coming out of that <laughs> movie like being like I don't know it was just so funny. I don't I, I agree that the Barbenheimer is a big part like I, I am not underselling that at all huge contributing factor. I also think putting aside the Barbenheimer of it all they were able to make this movie into an event. Like they really were. I, I told mm -hmm. you, uh, I told you guys on the air, I went to go see Oppenheimer twice. I went to see it at a, a press screening and then I went to go see it at a public IMAX screening. When I had gone to see it at the public IMAX screening, it was, I think, something along the lines of the 12th screening in a row that mm -hmm. was 100% sold out. They Same. were on their way to like 20, 25 screenings, 100% sold out. The theater I went to was the highest grossing theater for Oppenheimer that wasn't a part of a chain in the country, apparently. Uh, and that that does not happen just from Barbenheimer. That happens because people think this is a thing we have to travel to, to mm -hmm. go see it in IMAX. This is a thing we have to, you know, we have to witness movie history. It, it, it took on that era, that aura of importance, I think, I, in our society. I don't know yeah. how they managed that because... Mm -hmm. You know, th this movie doesn't have, I mean, I said this in our review and, and I, you guys can disagree, but I don't think it has like IMAX caliber sequences necessarily, right? It's not, it's not the large format. People were just clamoring to see it in that yeah. large format. Yeah. And it's really a lot of faces. It's a lot of people's faces. And I think that's, there's something really cool about that, that audiences responded and you know, like I told the anecdote on the show that my, our nanny, the, the lady that takes care of my kids, uh, she and her husband flew to Arizona to see it in true IMAX. Like they, there is this perception that took hold that you needed to see this on a real IMAX screen. Right. And I think that's amazing. And I wonder 
if that will incentivize other filmmakers to use the format more or other studios to fund movies being made in IMAX. But Nolan has been doing this since The Dark Knight. I mean, which is the thing. I mean, like, Tenant aside, because of COVID and everything... Yeah, that this this movie I think probably had more IMAX footage than most of his other movies, but pretty much all of his movies since then have had this seventy mil IMAX release, also the seventy millimeter release. He's done this every single time, so I think maybe it's a combination of a it is an unexpected IMAX movie, like you said, Jeff, like an Inception or an Interstellar feels like Inception wasn't, but Interstellar maybe feels like a movie that okay that makes sense. It's a big space mm-hmm. movie. Where this, where you're like, wait, I want to see what. Why does this movie in IMAX? Maybe well, that was part will, of it. But also the also the the Barbenheimer of it. I think it was also like a status symbol to see Barbenheimer, but also to see Oppenheimer in that seventy mil IMAX. Um, yeah, I will speculate as to the answer to that question. Uh, I am. It's pure. This is pure conjecture. But I would. I think there is just conceptually a marriage between the biggest format available and the biggest bomb that has ever been constructed by man. Mm-hmm. Right? There's mm-hmm. something that just clicks of like, there's a grandiosity yes. of the fact Wait, that Jeff, this we man... Jeff, flash yet. Sorry. Okay. But yeah, Jeff, Jeff, I think it's a great point. I will say, uh, I agree with half of what you're saying, which is, the half where you're like, there, for IMAX, there's nothing about this. Like, you got to see the truck flip over in the dark. Right. Night. You know, you got to see when Batman lights the bridge on fire in the Dark Knight Rises or whatever it is. Right. I have, I, I think I'm the only one among the three main co hosts that have seen Oppenheimer in full format IMAX. Um, and I will tell you, like, despite the fact that there's no like massive action scenes, it is really special experience. It's like, incredible. Not, not Absolutely. just the faces, not just the faces, but like there's a bunch of stuff that's not faces. There are test explosions, but there's also like the movie's very subjective. There's like, oh, here's like a bunch of sparkles swirling in space, and we're showing you what time. Like that feels different mm-hmm. in IMAX. Um, so I, I think you are a little bit under. I agree with you about like mm-hmm. there's nothing mm-hmm. major to sell it, but I think you're a little bit underselling mm-hmm. how special the experience is in IMAX because it is distinct and I think worth turning out for. Uh, compared to the regular experience, so that's anyway. fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Any other thoughts on Oppenheimer? I think we all didn't. We all were pretty clear-eyed. Like this is the thing that kills me, guys. Mm-hmm. The thing that kills me is, I think if we had all actually watched all the movies in advance, I don't know that our list would have been that different. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> that's Agreed. the thing that kills me. Is like I think we all kind of knew what these movies would be, and we all decided, you know. Based on that, like mm-hmm. what the taste of the American people might be, I, I, and we, I, I, I think true. we would like, have had indie a yeah. little, little bit. I would have definitely would be lower. Indie lower okay. It would be lower. Yeah. Spider Man would my, be higher for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Spider Verse would be higher. My, and Bar- yeah, Barbie might be higher. But that's my it. Like, placement look, of yeah. indie at number two was based on a you know an, an assumption and maybe probably like hope that <laughs> it was going to actually be fantastic. You mm-hmm. know, and I thought it was just okay and just good, but yeah. not yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, that's Oppenheimer, $310 million. It is the number four film of the year. Let's take another break for a sponsor. We'll be back with more Summer Movie Rager right after this. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. 
Start your dollar a month trial today at Shopify.com slash records. All right. Number five, uh, The Little Mermaid made $298 million. Uh, my sense is that this was fine in terms of the performance of this movie. I think people mm-hmm. were thinking this movie would do better. Uh, we Many of For us sure. placed it at number three or four. Um, and I think Disney was hoping that this movie would do a little bit better as well. Uh, it did not do that well internationally. It did pretty good domestically. Uh, but yeah, I think we we mostly got this one pretty good, I think, right? Yeah, I, I think, think Jermaine's earlier comment is really astute in that like Little Mermaid and Guardians both did pretty much exactly what I thought they would do. I just didn't think that would put them at three and five. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we just didn't know there right. would be the six million dollar, six hundred million dollar juggernaut, you know, owning yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Think, and that and that some of the other movies would do way worse than we thought. Yeah. 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 Right. And to be fair, Devendra got this pretty close. He was yeah. like one off, Almost. right? Yeah, you I got, was you lower got than at you number guys. four. Yeah. So yeah. Devendra Devendra did pretty good on this. But The Little Mermaid, what more needs to be said about well, it? I, I that hasn't been said about the Little Mermaid original <laughs> movie, literally. I, I think what it came down to, I think what it came down to, right, is that like one thing we missed, I think, what would you say is that The Little Mermaid was, you know, growing up such a popular movie for, uh, you know, for, for kids of that generation still to this day that it was kind of the last of the live action movies to happen, probably because technically it was such a challenge, you know, that it came that the that like Lion King came out first. That seems like that would be more of a challenge, but it was not. And that was like a huge, huge, huge hit. I think that maybe we didn't think about like our audience is going to buy into this underwater like technology and the, the viewing of it. And I think maybe we kind of overestimated like how well that was going to work on screen because I didn't think it worked that well. It wasn't terrible. Like Jeff mm-hmm. said earlier, it's like just okay. It's the songs and that's it. So I think that was the thing. I think that it, coming at the tail end of this live action Disney thing um, was something that we kind of maybe didn't key into. Well, that, that's the thing. When I see the trailer for Lion King, it looks phenomenal. It looks like, oh my God, this is going to be incredible. Like it looks mm-hmm. better than the animated, the trailer. I'm talking not, not the movie, but the trailer. The trailer looks like it's going to be better than the original movie. When I look at the trailer of Little Mermaid, it looks ugly and dark yeah. and grand. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It doesn't look anywhere close. Like, like it has any potential to be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet, two hundred ninety-eight million dollars domestically. <laughs> That's just power of Disney, but not right five hundred ninety-eight, which is what they probably mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. I will submit that the song "The Scuttlebutt." Took two hundred million dollars off this film's <laughs> uh, domestic Potential. top line. Let's make two hundred million to me streaming it, baby. Let's do I it. Think That's the funny. Look of the movie. That song took two years off my life. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> when people think of Little Mermaid, they think of bright colors, lots of things happening <laughs> under the sea. I think the look of the movie itself took yeah. a big chunk of this money and out, like out of the box office. And birds rapping is obviously yeah. And birds rapping. Yes, birds rapping. That said, Halle questionable Bailey, Jamaican accents. Yeah, ha- Halle Bailey, amazing in this Great. film yeah. and Very an good. incredible rendition of part of this world and mm-hmm. you know I, I, that that it, it, part it's not is, her fault it's not her fault yeah exactly anyway. that, that part i will you know like I, I'm, I'm gonna listen to that that probably is gonna be the version that i listen to the version of the song that i listen to so well, uh anyway go ahead that's a quick quick anecdote uh yesterday of all days yesterday was the start of the nfl season so i was watching football and my wife said you know what i'm gonna have a little uh, mommy daughter date with our daughter and uh we're gonna watch a movie and she's like let's watch little mermaid she's never seen it let's watch little mermaid no desire to watch the live action version. No desire. Like, was, it's why, why would was your you? daughter pre- presented the choice? No, 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 no. It's, I'm, I, my daughter wasn't involved in the oh, choice. Oh, you're saying you're saying my, your wife, wife had no desire? Yeah. Yes, my wife yes. is like, I want to watch the original version. It's really for her, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and she, <laughs> yeah. So you know, she had no no desire. I mean, they're both 
the giant banner ad on Disney Plus is the live action version. She's like, I let's search for the um, the original, <laughs> the real yeah. one. <laughs> All right, that's the Little Mermaid number five, two hundred ninety eight million dollar domestic. Uh, most of us chose it as number three. Davinder chose it as number four. He got it pretty close. All right, number six at the summer domestic box office this year, Sound of Freedom, with one hundred eighty one million dollars where did everybody put this one on their list yeah we nailed hmm. nailed it so that's always <laughs> you know, I've moving got a lot on to number seven <laughs> yeah i've got this a lot of thoughts about this movie guys but the, there's like a sniper rifle being trained on me so <laughs> i'm just gonna the I, I think i will say uh a, a couple of quick observations about this movie um number one uh this was a movie that used a technique of allowing people to pay it forward like hey if you think this movie is important you can scan this QR code you can pay for the next person's ticket to this movie um it a it's surprising that no one has really done that on mass before and i expect that we'll see that more in the future mm-hmm. um but b uh it does show that a hit can come from anywhere like this is not a movie any of us saw coming not a movie we had on any of our top 10 lists or dark horse um, and it is a movie that was very yeah. successful. Uh, I, so man, yeah. I wouldn't it have been amazing if somebody like put this on their list. Like <laughs> I, in fact, I wish that would have been the long shot. <laughs> I wish that we had that Dave, that you had manufactured a clip. You're like, tiddly-loo, tiddly-loo, tiddly-loo. Yeah. and it was like, you had yeah. recorded a clip of you going, Sound of Freedom is probably going to be on my. I thought that would have been oh amazing. We actually probably should have done that just just to be safe, I, I just in case anybody was like, edit that in right now. Just yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just do hey, it. we were always rooting for this movie, guys. Uh, don't worry about us. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's Sound of Freedom. $181 million. We didn't see this movie coming, and I think very few people in the industry did. So, uh, Moving on to number seven, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, $174 million domestic. This is a sad one yeah. because this is basically a bomb. This movie cost, I, I, people called it around... $290 million uh, production cost for this film. Uh, and this is a bomb. I, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if this all, you know, Scott Mendelson, uh, box office prognosticator nor, or box office analyst and colleague. Uh, the way he put it was what people want to see is stuff they're familiar with given a fresh take. So Spider-Verse falls into that category. Barbie falls into that category. Um, and I think one could argue that stuff like Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, The Flash, Fast 10 falls into the category of stuff we've already seen before. Stuff we've already seen, stuff we're familiar with, given an old, you know, familiar taste. He's probably you know? also thinking of like Jurassic World and Force Awakens, where you're kind of the legacy sequel. It's what we want, but in a new take. I think he's probably also thinking about that. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I this think this is not think- that. This is not that. Yeah, or or maybe it's attempting to be that, but in any case, yeah, yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones: The Dial of Destiny. Did anyone love this? Peter, were you a big fan of this movie? No, I walked out of the world premiere being like, uh, it was okay. I I, I don't wow. hate it, but like it just yeah. it was. I was kind of dis- I was just disappointed. Wow, I, I really yeah. liked it a lot. Um, but like not like I like the other Indiana, the first three Indiana Jones movies, obviously. And I think the only I, other ones that exist. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I like that yeah, better I mean, than Crystal look, Skull. The worst, the worst <laughs> thing about Indiana Jones: The Dial of Destiny is it made me reconsider how well made certain parts of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull were. Yeah. In my, first, in my first hour of that movie is actually if you watch yeah. it, uh oh, uh oh, oh, this is going to be great. 
and yeah, then it's I, not. I, I would argue there's some really great sequences in in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, that, yeah. that look better than yeah. what is in mm-hmm. Dial of Destiny. But yeah, yeah this, I mean, obviously, this isn't. You guys did your review, and and that's a whole other thing. But <clears throat> I think, um, yeah, I think ultimately, uh, maybe for us in terms of putting it in the box office, you know, like we, whether you like it or not, are the kind of the audience for it, you know, you know, people of a certain age who kind of grew up with Indiana Jones. Like, I don't know if I was like, I'm not a father. I know some of you guys are fathers. Like wh- when would you show the, your kid Indiana Jones? You know, it's like, it, just, it feels like it would come down a little bit later, not for any particular reason, just because there's so much great stuff out there that you might want to expose them to first. Like, so I think Indiana Jones is one of these cultural things that if you weren't on the wave on the way up, maybe you didn't care about it crashing down here. Um, but I, I mean, literally, if you're watching on video, I have a whole Indiana Jones shelf above me. Like, I was in the bag for it. I really enjoyed it. I think, obviously, it, it does things that maybe we didn't expect or didn't do it as well. But, um, yeah, to see it, like, do this amount of money was, it almost like there's a personal mm-hmm. pain on it. Because, like, yeah, ah, yeah. damn, I love the franchise. I love those guys. That stinks. I really like this one as well. It's just sad to see, like, how how badly this did. Although, I, I guess... It's there were stories it sort of had legs, but it was like over a long term, it wasn't enough. So yeah, I, yeah, I, those I, early reviews killed it. It's awful. And we, and to <laughs> the be can fair, thing I think was very bad. We, yes, yeah. we recorded our summer movie wager episode before the can stink mm-hmm. was on yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a great point you bring up, Jermaine. Of like, I think Indiana Jones feels inessential in our modern culture in a way that like. Star Wars and Barbie uh, and Spider-Man. I would say the same about Top Gun, so I don't know. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, right. that's right, exactly. I don't know, but there's a difference no, no, no. in quality. That's what I think just like Jeff said earlier. The quality mm, on this the quali- list yeah. is, is very good this summer. Yeah. Sure. I, I sure. agree, I agree. I, I would argue Top Gun is a fluke, but every, you know everything else, you know, like he does feel inessential in our modern day society. Uh, he's not, it's not like, oh, this is a cultural touchstone all the kids need to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe we thought it was, and that's why we all put it at number two. And the movie was about that, which was kind of interesting. And yeah, yeah, again, yeah. also her. Well, yeah, I'll just yeah. reiterate that, like we, I got had no early buzz information when we were making this, and I really thought slash hoped that Mangold was going to knock this out of the park. Yeah, I, I thought this was actually going to be the Top Gun phenomenon because of the quality. I thought. Oh my gosh, people are going to go see this and be like, I have to take my kids. I have to take my friends. We all got to go see the the thing that made Indiana Jones great in the first place. I and and maybe that was a Pollyanna view of mine, uh, but that's why I put it so high. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I think and I actually didn't expect anybody else to put it as high as I did. And it was funny that we all so many of us put it at number 2, but I really thought, you know, this is going to be that shocking surprise which is what Barbie turned out to be. But this is, I felt like Indiana Jones was going to be the surprise of the summer of how great a movie it was going to be and how much people were going to love it. And I'm the first to admit, it's not a great movie. It's, I thought it was fine. I thought, yeah. it, I agree with Peter. I thought yeah. it was that perfectly been nice serviceable. But. I got a little bit emotional just now because it's like, yeah, that would have been great if we got <laughs> an amazing Indiana Jones film that kind of sent this character off into the sunset. Oh, wait, we already freaking we already got did that, that movie. Did that, okay, anyway. Yeah. By the um, way, every, everybody had this as number two except for me, which I put it at number four because I, I, I just had a feeling that like it's just like, mm. you know, Harrison being older, it, it was just going to attract an older crowd and like it just wasn't going to attract the new generation of uh, moviegoers. And wow, I Peter, was, you got something right. Big surprise. Let's hear all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was way wrong. 
too, though. I was like way off. I was, you know. Yeah, you. We all we all got the same. We all got it. the same number of points from yeah. in, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We all got three points from it. Um, yeah. So okay, it needed a, in, what you're saying, Peter, is it needed Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Where. Where were the adventures of Mutt Williams I was promised? That's uh, my question watching that movie. Okay. Well, well you ended up hearing, and yeah. it was, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he died. No, no, no spoilers. No spoilers, guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> number eight. Number eight. Okay, this, this one was a surprise, I think, for every single one of us except for one person who put it dead on at number eight. That's Devinder Hardar. Here's a clip. This is where I put Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I think this movie, I think it'll do pretty well. And I'm saying, I think all these movies, like the the like, but the box office floors we're expecting for these numbers will be higher than, than previous summers. So I do think it's going to be, audiences seem super thirsty. I think this movie seems about right for where this movie is. I wish, um, you know, I wish it was higher up on this list. I wish this franchise was getting more love from general audiences. But it's kind of not. It is kind. Of, it has been this weird like thing for action fans and for people who the more discerning action movie fans, you know. And I don't think this movie will change that. But it sure looks fun, and I hope it does well. Yeah. Nice call, Devinder Hardwar. Got ten, ten, ten points off of that one, and uh, I do think this one was a surprise to many of us, right? Uh, I think we all thought it would do about as well as Mission Impossible Fallout, which made two hundred twenty million dollars domestic mm-hmm. in twenty eighteen. Instead, it made uh, around fifty million dollars less than that. And what do we think? I mean, is it is it did it get well, overshadowed by the Barbenheimer thing of it, or is it the reviews weren't good I, enough? The reviews are great. It's not as I good would, as Fallout. Yeah, I so would argue. It's not it's a, a no, it's not. I would argue it's a worse yeah. film. You know? I like yeah, Fallout I better. Think, I think yeah, that yeah. part one did not help. Like, if it mm, just called yeah. Dead Reckoning, I think you'd mm. give it thirty extra million dollars because people were like, "Oh, let's see the new Mission Possible," and then they'd be mad. Like Spider Verse had part two and part one in its title originally. Mm-hmm. They took that out, and yeah, I think probably yeah. benefited greatly yep. from it. It's the exact same ending. Fast 10, same thing. Fast 10 is not called Fast 10 Part 1. It's a, it's the exact same cliffhanger idea. Um, so, yeah, part, those are part two one, reasons. Part 1 screams, you can wait until Part 2 comes up before yeah, you take absolutely. Yeah, right? yeah. absolutely. It is notable that it is the third, the third film that came out this summer, or one of three films that came out this summer, to end mid-film, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a reason why uh, Across the Spider Verse changed its title from being, yeah, you know, part one right. to. Yeah. I, I, I would argue that of the three films, so the other two films, just FYI, so I guess I don't even consider this a spoiler, but like minor spoiler for the other two movies, um, th- those other two films were Across the Spider Verse and also uh, Fast 10. Both mm-hmm. of which like ended on a on a I big cliffing. I would throw Dune in there, even though it wasn't a summer movie. I would throw yeah, Dune no, I, in there. I, I, it came it's out last year. Yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm. agreed, agreed. Uh, yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you, Jeff. Um, of those three, Mission Impossible, I, ironically, Mission Impossible: D- Dead Reckoning Part One feels like a, the most complete of a film. I would like, <laughs> I agree like, about that. I agree. The, the one no. that has the Part One moniker, that's the one that feels like it's a complete film. It's the one where the Part One feels like the least necessary. Honestly, I um, do. I, I still think Spider Verse is more successful as an entire film. Like, does a mm. better setup for that plot. Whereas this one's like, you got you got a big AI villain out there. Maybe something's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, I will also say, what uh, what do we think is the best cliffhanger of the summer? Because I would posit that Oppenheimer. Kind of ends on a cliffhanger, <laughs> and that is like, oh, I can't wait for Oppenheimer too. Oh yeah, uh, is, is humanity yeah. is humanity? Doomed? Are we doomed? That's a question. Yes, you know that's what? A good question. Yeah, yeah. Tune um, into the news next week. Yeah, <laughs> but I was thinking that like uh, the whole 
Top Gun Maverick was going to like yeah. kind of give this Elevate like it. a little bit mm-hmm. of a you're right. We thought we would I, get a Top Gun Maverick bump from the from to, to know, pull a Dave Chen. I originally had Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning uh, around. I think I had it at seven, and I moved it up because I was like, "Oh, Top Gun! I don't want to be yeah. I don't want to be Tom Cruise again this summer." Yeah, and I yeah. was seduced by the 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 long tail of of Top Gun, and I thought, and I, but my instinct was like, these are two distinct things, and I should have gone with my gut, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, next year will be the gut year. The gut next year. Next year will be the gut year, indeed. It'll be like the well, next broadcast year, if of any, WrestleMania. If there's <laughs> any movies the... next year, you know, at this yeah. point, we're not exactly. making movies. <clears throat> yeah. I do On, wonder if uh, if there were more IMAX screenings available for Mission Possible. Because it was like, what, two weeks? That was it, was, it was one week. One it week? Was, it got one week. Yeah, I feel like, saying, the, the movie I, that I, feels like it is built for that format. I want to see that. I'm that just going to I'm gonna tell you, I saw Dead Reckoning twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time in IMAX, and the IMAX was only okay. Like it didn't, yeah. It, yeah, it I really thought it, they were gonna. It didn't have the. There was uh, nothing fallout. shot for IMAX. Yeah, like Fallout had sequences yeah. shot in yeah. IMAX. Yeah, Dead Reckoning did not. It was so, so, so like, disappointing. Mm-hmm. I literally went to a completely different screening to see it in IMAX, and I yeah. feel like it, it did not. Exactly. From exactly. That. I was That's like, shame. this is very similar to the last experience. I was had, that so. was that a missed opportunity then? Because it does seem like audiences yeah. are hungry for these. Yes. Give me, give me yeah. Tom Cruise doing this, but also on the biggest damn camera very in possible. the world. Right. I so, think. Yeah. Well, can't you get in your home? And that's IMAX, yeah. right. right? Yeah. I'm I hoping that, that we yeah. see more IMAX format films based on Oppenheimer's success, but who knows? It's so expensive. It's, it's like prohibitive. The painful part, the painful part mm-hmm. Jeff, is there's only I think on the order of nineteen full frame IMAX screens in the country right now. It's just yeah. so difficult to see. So Do you think there's anyways. ever going to be a day where IMAX will build a new IMAX theater? <laughs> they don't need to. They don't need to. I like, hope I hope they do, Peter. I hope they get by in the name alone, the Fomax. Yeah, like you said, there's only 19 real ones, maybe, or whatever the number is. And then what I mean, like a, a film IMAX theater. No, like, I know when, what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying, but they get by but, money-wise on people going to see an IMAX at the AMC that is not the and, real And Limax. Li- Limax. Limax. Yeah, yeah. Limax, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, a good point. It is noting it is notable that like Oppenheimer was originally supposed to get three weeks in IMAX screens. And I believe that that run was eventually extended to five, if not six weeks. It was I very think Blue long. Blue Beetle uh, took it off is the only Blue, thing. Blue Beetle eventually yeah. took it off. But like, you know, you're, if you're a theater owner, you got to imagine you're packing in people like mm-hmm. f- sold out screenings every time. And then it's like, we got to give this up for Blue Beetle, which obviously didn't do that. You know, I, so. I had trouble. Like I was looking at tickets at the Mall of Georgia, which is a big full, for, you know, full IMAX theater. And it was sold out for weeks, even week five. Like it was hard to get a ticket at a 10:30 a.m. screening. So incredible. Yeah. Insane. It's it's rare to be able to experience this phenomenon in one's life and I'm really I'm honestly grateful that we all got to like you know experience the the Barbenheimer phenomenon even as as film lovers. So um okay. So that's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I, I got to say these these movies were extremely expensive like uh Dead Reckoning Part 1 was one of the most expensive movies ever made. I am really curious what this means for Dead Reckoning Part 2, if, if it's still going to be made at the same level of budget, mm-hmm. if Tom Cruise is going to lose any juice as a result. Because basically, Tom Cruise got whatever he wanted for Dead Reckoning Part but 1, it was other also, than the IMAX the, screens. Yeah. They, they, filming, they start filming this in like mid-2020 and paid yeah. everybody the entire time. So like yeah. the $400 yeah. million dollar budget is probably more like 200 but then they had to pay right. everybody. But for COVID, they shut the down like five, six yes, times exactly. of COVID. Right, so uh, I hope we get a good ending for this franchise. And honestly... Personally, I hope it's a better film than, than Dead Reckoning Part 1. Okay. Um, number nine 
Actually, before we get to number nine, let's take a quick break for uh, one last sponsor, and we'll be right back with more right after this. All right, number nine, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Best uh, cliffhanger of the summer answer is right here, baby. I agree. I agree. 100%. It's up there. That's it's true. Up there. So, are, yeah. the, are the Autobots going to roll out? <laughs> You'll have to watch six more movies to find out. Mm. So Jeff, me, and Jermaine all put Transformers Rise of the Beasts at number 10. That's almost dead hitting it because it was number nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, this did about as well as we expected. It looks like Devendra and Peter didn't even put this in the top 10. Yeah, they were had dark no horses. Horses. We had entered yeah, dark, dark horses. I like this. I yeah, like the dark horses. Just fine. Yeah. 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 And uh, what, what, what more is to be said? I think this movie opened okay, had surprising legs for a Transformers movie. Ended up legging it out to 157. The, the beasts have four legs. The that's right. Oh, that's right. usually only have two. Yeah, I think this is a weird two. one because it's like the <laughs> sixth or seventh movie in the franchise, right? And like, I think a lot of people think the last one, which is Bumblebee, was the best one, but it didn't do anything because people were so hurt by those last couple that they all turned out to four and five. And so I yeah. think this might be them winning them winning people back, right? So I also, think a, a number nine here is mm-hmm. uh, it seems like like we said we most of us got pretty close, even with the the dark horses and. I, I hope that we get to see another Stephen Capel uh, Transformers, and I hope we get to yeah. see, like I said, that cliffhanger kind of, uh, kind of you know, explored more because I think that could be really exciting and fun for all. The word of mouth was really strong. Yeah. I think even watching trailers for this, I had no. This was a '90s movie, and I think once once people started hearing about that, like the the people who grew up in the '90s, like this is for you know old head Transformers, for, you know, themes. Yeah, it had a great tone. Also had like a cast of color, like that. I think that ge- really generated audiences that would typically ignore another Michael Bay Transformers movie. So yeah, yeah. Movie I enjoyed o- this movie. Movie opened with 61 million, which people thought, oh, that's kind of weak. But then mm-hmm. yeah, it ended up having a two and a half multiplier, getting all the way to 157 domestic. Um, so yeah, it, it must have had decent word of mouth. Obviously, a really uh, surprising ending, which we're not going to spoil here on this podcast. Um, but mm-hmm. it did just fine. I think Devendra and Peter, you guys probably predicted it might do almost as good as top ten. I mean, you put in your mm-hmm. dark horses, so like, it's well, it's. We, I we thought all movies got pretty close to this one, yeah. Yeah, I thought movies like Fast Ten and The Flash were gonna make the top ten, yeah. which would have pushed it out. Did I mean? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Could imagine going back to the beginning of the summer saying Transformers: Rise of the Beast gonna beat Fast Ten, gonna beat The Flash, right? Like nonsense, outrageous, right? But that's what ended up happening, and finally. Number 10, a movie that Peter Serena hit dead on when he put it at number 10 and by saying the following earlier in 2023. You know, I originally had Transformers Rise of the Beast number 10. And by original, I mean yesterday. Like, I haven't changed the list. (laughs) Um, But I was like, you know what? This movie, I don't know. Like, are people excited for this? You know, they, they saw Bumblebee. Bumblebee was good. Only did 127. So I decided instead to put at my number 10 slot, Pixar's Elemental. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I want this to be good. I want this to be a great movie. Like, I I don't feel a buzz for it. I love Pixar. I love that brand, but I feel like it's been devalued by Disney over the last, like, you know, five years. And I'm not sure if people are super excited for this movie. I, I feel bad for director Pete Sone, who... Uh, mm-hmm. is this great guy that's worked for Pixar since almost the beginning. And he, you know, gotten the opportunity to direct two films. And it's it's it, like the first one was Good Dinosaur, which, you know, we know what happened with that. He like got pulled in, like laid into it. And this one uh, is more personal to him. And I, I really haven't seen some of the footage and stuff. It looks like it's actually going to be pretty good. But like, are people excited? 
I don't know. I think I think it's a I hope it's number 10. God, that's so fascinating because like Peter is there is like justifying like it being so low. Mm-hmm. But the actual narrative is that it bombed its opening weekend and did so well. So yeah. like, we were comp- the- you got it right, like dead on, nailed it, respect. But your argument was completely the wrong thing because we all have such reverence, right? From the opposite direction, right? Exactly. We have such reverence for Pixar, and this this is a Pixar movie that had to like really gut it out to get here, right? I I, I roundly dismissed uh, this choice because I did not, you know, I put it as my dark horse. I th- I said this is nonsense <laughs> to put it in the top ten. Here's the thing, guys: when this movie opened with twenty nine million dollars, insane, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm completely vindicated. There's no way. This thing is getting into the top ten. I think it's right? like the second. I should have looked this up before I said it. It's one of the one of the two lowest Pixar openings ever. With the first yeah, so Toy we're Story, like, we're like this thing yeah. is this thing. Stick yeah. a fork in it. This thing is dead. Yeah, toast. Ends up legging it all the way out to one hundred fifty four million dollars, which is incredible. It's incredible. Like that is pure word of mouth, pure movie quality that gets it to that point. That's it's yeah. one of the biggest stories pure, of the summer. There wasn't a lot I mean, of competition. Yeah, I mean, and also, yeah. you know, look, these movies cost $200 million. They're very expensive. And at the end of the day, it's not a big hit uh, that I think they wanted. Uh, it did make $480 million worldwide. So it's not like bad or anything. Um, it, it did just fine. It did just fine. It's not a bomb. It did just fine. Uh, I think, well, yeah, I think what ahead, I was Peter. saying speaks to the marketing and it, like people, there just wasn't a buzz for it. It didn't like, like people didn't watch the trailer and be like, oh, I need to see that opening weekend. And uh, I'm not sure how people found it. Was it because there people saw it and then people liked it and then there was the word of mouth or was it because like later on there was not many, there were a lot of kid options. So why did it take off? Was it the word of mouth? I think it's a sweet, lovely, heartfelt movie Mm -hmm. that, that people enjoyed watching and kind of it got around. I think that the word of mouth got around. People heard our review. Or like, yeah, this people heard the Pixar movies in your cast effect. Yeah, there was like Little Mermaid, and but there wasn't anything very specifically family oriented this mm-hmm. summer. You know, like Barbie, you could have brought you know a certain age of kids too, and Little Mermaid, Spider Verse. But I think this was the one that felt safest, maybe mm-hmm. at least that with the best quality. I think I'm sure there's something else that didn't even make it here. Um, Turtles even was a little bit. You saw that you're like, ooh, that might be a little too hip for my, you know, younger children. I don't know, but I think that well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a shout out for uh, Asian American film goers. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. Asian American film goers often will turn out for these kind of movies, and this movie was directed by an Asian American. Uh, it's arguably about Asian American immigrants, although you could read it to be about any immigrant story generically. And uh, I know that there was a lot of people from the Asian American diaspora. Who like once once they learned about this movie that in my opinion was not very well marketed. Yep. They're like, you got to go out and see this movie. Uh, and that so, was the best yeah. part of that movie, and it was marketed as like just a love story. And I was like, exactly, market it's, this part of it. This is the- exactly. <laughs> it, it was it was very odd. So according yeah. to Dennis at thesummermoviewager.com, this was my biggest mistake. That <laughs> I had Elemental low. I had it at eight. Mm-hmm. But according to Dennis, if I had put it two slots lower at number 10 and got it spot on like Peter, I would have won, even without mm. Barbie on my list. Huh. By the way, everybody else's biggest mistake is Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. What, <laughs> what is, well, so it's Dennis. because Jeff didn't put it on the list. Yeah. It's not my biggest so, <laughs> mistake, guys. Sorry. So Dennis was, uh, you know, tweets, Dennis tweets out like statistics and says who, who might win and so on um, throughout the summer. Uh, and I was stunned that like three weeks ago, or four weeks ago, I had like a 46% chance of winning. And the thing that was going to win it for me, 
here's what needed to happen for me to win the summer movie wager is Blue Beetle opens and gets to number eight. That's if that happened, <laughs> I would have won the summer movie wager. Or actually, no, gets to number nine, I think it was. Yeah. Deserved yeah. it. Um, Deserved real moonshot. Real moonshot. Yeah, real, real, so I was literally like, I was telling all, where are my Beetle heads? I was telling all the people <laughs> the song, like, where are my Beetle heads, guys? Gotta get out and see the Blue Beetle in the theaters. Um, didn't happen. Did not happen. Um, I, look, here's the thing. In a summer where pretty much anything is possible, I thought, hey, that's actually possible. Blue Beetle might uh, might get up there, but it didn't. It didn't. Okay. Um, there's a few other things we need to discuss. So that's the top 10. Elemental, 153 million. I'm happy that it actually got on the top 10. Sad for my list, which didn't have it, but happy that Pixar uh, got what is a moderate win. We got to talk about a few other titles, guys. Specifically, the movies that just didn't make the top 10, right? Man. Number 11, Fast 10 with $145 million. Because it should have been called Fasten Your Seatbelts. Fast yeah. 10, Fast your seatbelts. Seat yeah. I, no, I, I, I am, I am such a big Fast and the Furious fan. I am a huge fan. In the next room, I have Lego cars, whatever you want. I have the, the, the Toretto house. I hated... This movie, I'm so sorry, Louie. I know you're a big mm. fan of the film cast and you're listening. Louie, Louie <laughs> listened to the original Summer Movie Wager episode. Before. Exactly. Oh my God, dude. But he what saw my Louis review. Listens, what I, if Louie listens to Hey, we got hey, we, we to compliment some Louie Leteria movies, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, Louie knows what. Transporter Transport 2, amazing. Yes. Um, Unleashed. Unleashed. the dog. Know, yeah. uh, um, the Incredible Hulk has some great qualities. Um, <laughs> now You See Me too. I have no comment. Uh, or Now You see me one. I Dave, you're not doing okay, this. No, I wish I not doing this, it. This, this is not Louis's fault. Louis came into this movie late. We know whose fault this is. Right. Yeah. Name begins with it's Vin. amazing this is a movie that is that exists. That is, you know, understandable. The, fa the, well, the fact remember. that it exists yeah. is because yes. of Louis Leterrier. Yes. So great I job, think, Louis. Yes. I, like I agree. It's I'm not, not a fan of I'm not a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, and I had a blast with this movie. I thought it was. I, I liked it too. It's just it didn't it didn't have that uh, je ne sais quoi of a of a Justin Lin. I loved uh, Momoa in this. Like, he was just the best. so good. He's so yes. great. He makes the movie. He's the best. Yes, yes. best yes. villain in that entire franchise. Jermaine, no, no, you, you, you have some more thoughts. Go ahead. I, 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 we could talk all day about it. And I, but like, uh -huh. no, it's it's like you take a Fast and Furious all about family, right? And then you're like, oh, here we got one two scenes with family, and then the whole family gets split up. For the entire movie, and yeah. you have to spend Vin Diesel by himself, which sounds okay. But you think about other Fast and Furious movies; he always had a foil, be it John Cena or mostly Paul Walker. Now Vin on himself is not interesting, and so you get a whole movie of Vin Diesel just running around and all his friends who are more interesting doing other things. It just doesn't work now. And then you have the cliffhanger ending, almost literally, and it's like, oh god, it just yeah, great effects. Momoa's insane in it. But I am not surprised that it didn't do so well because, yeah, it mm -hmm. just does not have that Fast and Furious excitement. Like, even, like, I, I, most people hate Nine. I like Nine because it had at least some of that, like, weird mythology in it that makes no sense. This did yeah. not. It's just, oh, God, I, I'm so yeah. disappointed by it as a fan. What, what, somebody pointed this out to me earlier this summer, and now I can't stop thinking about it, is if you notice, as the Fast and Furious movies continue... Vin Diesel hangs out with less and less of like the core crew, <laughs> right? Like in this movie, Amazing. he's mostly running around with that kid. Like yes, and I, I think his it's because, kid. It's his kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's because I'm just talking about from an actor perspective, right? Like I think it's because the other people can't stand him. That's like that's what it, it, he he is a real 
egotistical I've heard, person. Yeah. I've heard so many rumors it? about this movie about like right. why, why Justin Lin left and what the set was like. And I, I and don't know. Like, and it's true. like no Somebody one, no one wants kid. to hang with him. No but but you also hear stories. Yeah, you also hear stories. You also hear stories of them having like count how many punches people right, hit yeah, and right. stuff like that. Like no one, I don't think he wants to share the spotlight with anybody. So I, don't, I think it's number yeah, one. People but why don't, bring in somebody like Momoa if you don't want to share? You know, right, right. But they That's do share a couple. Of, but what Peter is referring to is the fact that the people behind the movie created a system of documenting how many times each person got punched or kicked <laughs> or hit, so that there would be no unequivocal winner for any fight specifically versus statham i believe and also the rock statham and the rock like and it's hard to have a franchise where the characters Mm -hmm. fight and there Mm -hmm. can't be a winner in the fight i I I do think like this sort of thing has existed in action movies before like the 80s like peak uh peak schwarzenegger Schwarzenegger like definitely so they they didn't do it they didn't have an algorithm but somebody was taking (laughs) notes in terms of who's winning these fights and who's doing these punches. there was never a schwarzenegger versus stallone movie no, not never, but... Um, Expendables and uh, Release Plan were in together, but never... That was way later, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, uh, Escape Plan, I think is what you're Escape Plan. Yes, yeah. exactly. Jermaine. But also, um, look, uh, the raw... Like, sorry, Vin Diesel, you are no Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm just going to put that out there, you know? The Vin Diesel is no Sylvester Stallone. Vin Diesel is no Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he thinks he is, and that's become a problem for these uh, I mean listen well has Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, single-handedly made a, a 10 movie long mythology uh lifted from nothing <laughs> lifted from video on demand from a video on demand or uh, direct to DVD sequel yeah. with Tokyo the, Drift like the the answer that's, is that's something the answer but, is no yeah. And neither has Vin Diesel, but Vin Diesel thinks he's done it. So, <laughs> I mean, Vin Diesel's the absolutely the guiding force of like what resurrected this, but has, also has, Justin Lin. Has Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger dragged a helicopter down onto the ground with just his mind? Has not. Has not. <laughs> uh, I'm, pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that happened in one of those weird Terminator sequels. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Okay. I just think it's, it's yeah. I mean, none of us, none of us thought this movie would perform as poorly as mm-hmm. it did. All of us thought it would be in the top 10. It, you know, it, it only missed the top 10 by $8 million. So, you know, yeah. not a huge, not a huge bomb. But I think this clearly shows this franchise is waning, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But Vin Diesel think, showed up at the red carpet. He announced that this is the first of a trilogy. <laughs> now, Universal <laughs> has not announced this. He no, announced this, no. like, on the red carpet. Like, is in Jermaine, his mind, what do you, you think is going to happen, Jermaine? There's not going to be a trilogy. Well, well yeah. I mean, again, this is uh, you know, it, it's, they're going to make a part. I, my guess is they're going to make the part eleven, and then make a whole movie to explain how the Rock came back, uh, <laughs> which is what this is the one thing that is has been. That announced. was the rumor that happened after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that okay. was the part that was announced that they're going to be a Rock spinoff. Because you know what I think about Fast and Furious, and I want to see the guy who doesn't drive, and then, um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then part eleven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you think uh, there's going to be a rock movie and then another fast movie? And Correct. That, that'll that's, be the that'll, that's the that'll trilogy. That'll be it for the canonical mainline Fast and Furious franchise. Um, Such a shame. Yeah. Until the inevitable reboot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, the well, Flash also is a uh, is a one we missed. I mean, hell, somebody story. had it as well, high as four. Well, right? oh, oh, yeah. oh, Jeff, I'm going to get to that momentarily. Oh, so, so. Uh, I just want to say one last thing, actually, Jeff. To, you're right. We all missed it. Um, the floor on the top 10 was a little bit higher this year. 
usually it's around like 120, 130. This year, the lowest movie was Elemental, did 153. So Devendra yeah. said that. It is a, yeah, yeah. It's a Mission Impossible thing. And your People Mission Impossible are hungry thing. So for you movies. Another thing that you called, Devendra. All right. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to point that out. I, I'm going to put this out there too, guys. And we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this in a bit. But I think the floor is going to be a lot lower next year. I'm just going to put that out there. I think it's not going to be 153 next year. May not may not be as many movies next year. We, too, we, so I we think know we that. will really struggle to mm-hmm. fill the top 10 next year. Assuming we even do this next year. Assuming there's even... Santa Freedom uh, 2 you know, is, is yeah. on the way. So Yeah. Okay. Uh, on number At number 12 is The Flash... Uh, this is a movie that I put at number four. I put it high. This is my uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is my. This is your Waterloo. Bet. This is my. Water, <laughs> this is my Alamo. Um, this is my big get. And and uh, not only did I put it at number four, I ridiculed one Jeff Kanata for not putting it as high as me. Uh, here is what I said back then. I was really nervous Jeff was going to pick my number four and then I'd have the same list as Jeff's, which is like, I don't want the stench of death on my list, please. Um, That'll be an upsetting development for me. Um, But also now I'm nervous because no one else has chosen what my number four movie is going to be. This, this is now this is like, this could be my downfall. Uh Uh-huh. But my number four choice for the summer 2023 domestic box office is the flash. Mm, right um, interesting no. interesting i had no. no idea where to put that movie man I, that yes. movie is a complete wild card to me you know james gunn the head of warner brothers has been saying this is the best if not like one of the best if not the best superhero film they've ever seen they haven't been saying that about blue beetle they haven't been saying yeah. that about shazam yeah like take it with a grain of salt because they have financial they want interest it to be but, but they're the not best. saying they're yeah. not saying that about the other movies James Gunn head of well, DC, not a head of Warner Brothers. By the way, no, I love. Well, no, 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 no. James Gunn and you know, comma yeah. and oh, the head okay. of Warner Brothers. Zaslav, but guys, yeah. no, nothing David Zasloff has ever said or done <laughs> would ever be ob- objectionable, right? Right. I, I should put all my yeah. chips on Zaslav. He has right, full guys? grasp of everything. He, he has. Knows. He yeah. he is the master of his domain. He knows everything that's going on, right, guys? I just, I think it would be amazing. <laughs> I wish we did have a time machine because it would be amazing to say. When you when you're going like I think Flash is going to be number four. If somebody was like, you know what, the actual number four movie is Oppenheimer. <laughs> that, like that would have sounded like the most insane thing to speculate at that time. It, it's just wild how things work out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I was re- I was really wrong. I was wronger than anyone else about the Flash. And the thing is, I saw that movie. I really enjoyed it i was like this is great, great. This I, is enjoy what I, want. I enjoy it this is what i want in a superhero film but it, it has the opposite of what barbie had like anti-buzz <laughs> anti-buzz, <laughs> yeah, anti-buzz like, right. well that's true dave you, yeah. dave you said earlier about how like uh the difference between positive buzz and negative buzz online is kind of the similar and i think the flash had no no, no. What, what what my point earlier was that okay. it's it's hard to distinguish between yep. a movie that has good buzz and is going to be a hit and a oh, movie okay. that has good but uh, good buzz and is going to bomb. Oh, okay, because this it's movie, really hard to tell. The it's almost right. like buzz means nothing. <laughs> it's almost like Lightyear didn't make the top ten. Uh, no, buzz, buzz means a lot. Actually, uh, so. nice. I get no. it. I get no, it. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, this movie the, had such a, a big stink on it because I think because the when you talked about the marketing and the stuff that you talked about, they set the expectation so high. 
and Michael Keaton. Oh my God, so high. And mm-hmm. and then you, you, they kind of did that on purpose to get rid of this think of this movie had forty seven directors before in writers and right. Ezra Miller and what yeah, it came what out they way did, too late, way yeah. too late. And and the fact that now it had to fit into this new James Gunn world and people were confused about do I need to see it? There was so much bad stuff rumbling up underneath it that that kind of overstock what you thought of the movie. Period. The buzz. And then, of course, mm-hmm. like the visual effects became a whole thing. It was it was so much crap that rolled up on it that it felt like the op, the anti Barbie in terms of online buzz. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed I mean, it uh, more than Indiana Jones. I'll say that. Yeah, I like them both. Yeah, I, I, you know, guys, it turns out that audiences don't want to see the end of Men of Steel again. Um, that's kind <laughs> of that's what we learned from the Flash is people don't care that much about how Man of Steel ended. Um, babies in microwaves. Not popular. Uh, yeah, not, not as popular. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, very few of us, I think we all had this in our top 10, right? We all, mm-hmm. everyone, yeah, everyone yep. had this about midway through the top 10 list. Uh, I and had none of us lowest, pre- I think. I had seven. You had, you had it seven. Jeff had it low. Jeff was the most accurate, uh, the closest to where At this would wrong. actually end up. Yeah. Uh, but the I don't think about us- this is like, it honestly, 108 million for a flash movie isn't unreasonable. I think what set everybody up for expectations a- was Michael Keaton yeah. and Batman. We thought being, it was a Batman movie. Yeah. yeah, it was a Batman movie. It was being marketed as a Batman movie. But if you look at it compared to like what Wonder, the last Wonder Woman did forty six million. Do you know what I mean it's like it should have done one hundred eight million opening weekend though? You know, and wait, 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 sorry, which which movie, Peter? Which which movie did forty six million? Uh, wasn't it Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four? Oh, well, four. That's COVID thing too as well. COVID, yeah. COVID. Was, yeah. Yeah, that came out during yeah. COVID, man. That was yeah. December of 2020. Uh, uh, of 2020. So, Pete, you're getting all this so, stuff wrong. You, obviously, we know the results here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, couldn't yeah. possibly win two years yeah, in a row. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, Shazam did 58 million, 57 million. There you go. That's good. Like I, like, said, I, think, I think people, I think we probably all thought this was going to do like 100 million opening weekend. Oh my God, big superhero movie. Everybody knows The Flash from TV, this and that. But that's the other thing. Most people could have watched nine seasons of The Flash on TV and it just ended and then a movie came out. It's completely unrelated. And it's like that had to hurt too. So many again. Yeah. But it was uh, a bad it was Batman. I don't know. I thought that was the thing. I'm just saying think, in retrospect, looking back at it, that's these are things that were against it. Yeah. I mean, if we're looking at trends for the summer though, it's like people don't like the people that loved Michael Keaton as Batman, that liked Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, right. are not going to the movie theater to see yeah. them as mm-hmm. old old people playing those roles. Unless they have podcasts. I also think the Batman thing was kind of a necessity because they couldn't really uh, put their main star front and center for a wide variety of very unfortunate, yeah. terrible reasons. So, Correct. like, Correct. I just don't uh, think that I don't think it's as easy to to make that claim because Top Gun is sitting right there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? To, to make Peter, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like it I feels like the it. one outlier that, there. You know, yeah. these are old, tired, uh, yeah. you know, nostalgic things. But like, so is Top Gun. No, but Top I Gun. I, yeah, I think the difference though with Top Gun is that that movie came out so much longer and it was just one movie. Like, it definitely had a whole. Tom Cruise became a star out of it. It didn't have Batman had several sequels. Indiana Jones had several sequels. They were around. So I think Top Gun Maverick, you could come in as like a newbie. And been like, oh, they made a movie with this guy before. You could have, but Indiana Jones and Flashy, I think you could have been like, oh yeah, I, I'm definitely missing something here. I think that's the I difference. Think, and also, the that, level of quality is always, you know, yeah, the quality level is the thing. Well, I thought Flash was good, but also like the the point you just made could have been easily. I could imagine that being a reason that Top Gun would do worse. 
right? It's like, there's only one movie where yeah, it's no, so long totally. ago, people don't even remember it. You know, it's like, yeah, you can't, that's that all was unpredictable. My argument you're right. For a you're while. right. Yeah. Uh, Batman, uh, Keaton's Batman was supposed to be reintroduced in Batgirl, too. So that was yeah. a little, and like, Aquaman I, too. I wonder. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to put this out there, Jeff. I, I think we need to start viewing Top Gun Maverick as the result uh, as a fluke that's the result of irreplicable circumstances like yeah like yes yeah. agreed agreed that all your logic is, and maybe there will be a top gun maverick again in the future but other than top gun maverick all of peter's logic i think applies like right and maybe that's just a one time like once in a five to ten year thing that like we're not going to see again for a while you know it's my guess right uh, yeah so. but it's all like also all of it could be a fluke you know it's all a fluke it's the bar <laughs> yeah, it's barbenheimer's a fluke right. you know it's like it's true who knows for sure you're right every every year really is the result of irreparable <laughs> circumstances but that's fair i i don't know I, if i had to bet on what the trend is going to be though i do think it's going to be people want to see less like old guys doing stunts like i think that's going to be next year there might be more of those movies and it's going to be like those movies will not do well is my guess but Maybe next year when we're doing this episode, I'll replay me saying this, and uh, I'll be wrong about that. So yeah, and we'll to see. be fair, Batman, help. it was not an old guy <laughs> doing stunts. It was a man half his age, a quarter his age doing all the stunts. <laughs> okay. Um, finally, number thirteen, uh, coming in at one hundred seven. So the Flash, one hundred eight million dollars, huge disappointment. Um, and also, um, guys, uh, one other thing I want to mention: the, the old DC universe is dead. Like this is. It is gone. Like there, you know. Nope. Put Aquaman, Aquaman too, man. Too. Oh, we, we have a teaser for teaser. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, teaser for teaser. Okay, so so okay. How well do you guys think Aquaman two is gonna do? Let's call. Uh, let's call it right. Oh, I'm boy. forcing you guys. A winter movie wager. Oh, you say. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So Aquaman one. Aquaman <laughs> one. Okay. That movie made um, three hundred thirty-five domestic, <laughs> one point one five billion worldwide. Every single DC film has failed horribly this year. Mm -hmm. Shazam, Blue Beetle, The Flash, all those movies have tanked hard. Yeah. Is Aquaman <laughs> going to But but he Aquaman lives in a tank. Yeah, he lives in a tank. He loves <laughs> <being> <laughs> a start the tank. Yes. Is Aquaman going to prove them all uh, wrong listen. or is it going to be the nail in the coffin of the DC universe? What do you guys think? I I've seen the teaser for the teaser and I will say those images look pretty cool. Like there, there's a, there's enough there. I'm like, yeah, I would. We like Jason Momoa in Fast Ten. You want more, you know, crazy James Wan action? Like, yeah, I think um, maybe not as much as the first it's one. A, it's a it's Man. a we, it's a weak like winter movie season in terms of big uh -huh. you know, spectacle stuff. Everything's you know? moving. Yeah, yeah, everything's yeah. moving. You know, there's like Wonka and there's there's Marvels. I think it's gonna do. It's not going to come close to that. I think mm -hmm. it's gonna do like two fifty eventually, and maybe like six. Two fifty. That's really 250. good. That's 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 really so, two fifty. That's huge. I was going to say two hundred. I thought that was like out of the. I think it's going to do okay. I think people are going to want to see. I think it's James Wan. I think it'll be. I think he'll kind of salvage something. The, the, um, the thing with sorry. this, the thing about twenty twenty three that I don't think we really talked about is this year has shown us new lows for how bad these superhero films can do. Right, Shazam and Blue Beetle and also Quantumania. Like those are lowest respectively of like DC Universe and Marvel franchise. Um, so Jermaine thinks it's going to make half as much as Aquaman one, but still be a hit. Right? Yeah, that's no, two fifty yes. is not half yeah. as much. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little uh, more oh, yeah, I think yeah. like two I think, thirds as much. Yeah, so I think sure. one fifty feels fair. Yeah, for that. that's what I was leaning mm -hmm. toward. I think mm -hmm. it's. I don't think it's going to be oh, Blue no. Beetle or mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to tank. I don't think it's going to be the Flash. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's going to do. I think it's going to do decent box office. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be a hit. Yeah, also, Peter they can't. 
Yeah. yeah, they can't have a junket. They don't have uh, mm-hmm. actors doing press. They don't have directors doing press. They don't. They don't have, have a full length trailer at this point. Three months before the movie begins. That's not you true. Know, like... they, I saw. I saw the trailer at CinemaCon in April. It comes out this week. It'll okay. be out mm-hmm. by the time this comes out. And James Wan will be available. It. Yes, they were just yeah. for some okay, well, rare They haven't released the full trailer. No, okay? no, they have not. Jermaine. They have not. It, it is a weird <laughs> timing thing. Usually, we have trailers uh, for everything else coming once, out. This once again, Jermaine has <laughs> seen the material before making the judgment. I'm saying two hundred million, which I think I'm probably too high but i think it's lower than that i think it's i think it has one as the first number but i don't i don't think it's a i don't think it's a double digit number i think it's a triple digit number i actually think i uh, yeah i think you're right about that and i think 150 actually sounds really reasonable to me jeff so Mm -hmm. uh all right well guys we'll check back in three months which is a shockingly low amount of time and uh, see which one of us is right. I don't want to hear that Christmas is three months away. That's not what I want to hear. <laughs> uh, I know, Please. right? It doesn't feel... I guess, is it, is it technically three months? Is it I mean, three basically, and a half, right? yeah. 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 That is upsetting. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, number 13. Um, that would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, a movie that uh, some of us, we all had on our dark horses. Uh, other yeah. than me. I really I liked did, it. I didn't put it yeah. in dark horse. It's great fun, and um, it just came out real late. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too late. I, think, I think it lived up quality wise to what we would hope for, and just money wise, it just it just didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it came out in July, it would have been on my list for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, a couple of other things before we wrap up here. The only other thing, like, okay, so what other movies did we choose in our list that ended up not making it into the top ten at all? Um, s- Devendra had Meg to the trench. I did on his dark horses. <laughs> yeah, uh, that did not. It, it did okay. It wasn't wasn't terrible, but it didn't make it make it into the top ten. Meg to the trench made eighty million dollars domestic. I had Blue Beetle. I was a, <laughs> yeah. I was a Blue Beetle believer uh, until the very bitter end. Uh, uh, I had Blue Beetle as my dark horse. Uh, and I really believe that it. Most might of do. us had Haunted Mansion as a yeah. dark horse. Mm-hmm. Too. All of us, uh, yeah, uh, everyone except Devinger had Haunted Mansion as a dark horse. Haunted Mansion uh, was not reviewed great. Uh, it made sixty-five million dollars domestic. So, yeah, and that is the summer of twenty twenty-three. Mistakes were made. <laughs> yeah, but uh, mistakes at the, were made. At the end of the day, it's really impressive. We all made. A list of movies. movies. <laughs> a list of movies for the we top were able 10 movies. We just wasted hours down. of our lives. <laughs> yeah. We on were a piece able of paper. to write 10 movies down on a piece it of paper. It is very impressive. In, in that numerical we order. That. In numerical <laughs> order. Okay. So I want to uh, ask you all, I guess, like, the only thing, you know, we, we've already shared a bunch of lessons learned. I, I got to say, I'm very nervous about next year just because, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I, I remember last year, we had a lot of difficulty even populating the top 10 list. And I feel like we're going to run into the same difficulty next year because of... I, yeah, uh, we may have to right? change things up next year. I don't know. I don't make the rules for the summer movie wager. But I would also <laughs> just just put, throw this out there. Let's, let's diversify this pool a little bit because I think that would help too. The other thing is uh, that there was also a possibility that was brought up this year um, that we didn't actually put into place, but we, we seriously considered it was... Um, like what to do in the event that a movie that we chose doesn't come out. Like, could you make a substitution of some kind? Uh, well, we don't have to talk about that now, but yeah. yes. 
Mm-hmm. Thankfully, uh, that I, didn't happen this summer. That didn't happen this summer, um, but it it uh, I have a feeling it might. Uh, I guess I, I bring it up, yeah. Jeff, just, just because like the specter of things changing up was is st- like in previous years. You know, five years mm-hmm. ago, like we wouldn't even really talk about that. Like that's just like. Well, like, we didn't. We didn't get a trailer or anything for the Meg Two until like four weeks before it came so out, or three weeks. It was well, weird. Like, is that movie even coming out? Yeah, yeah. I so, seem to remember there being uh, some word that Oppenheimer might be moved out of the summer. That was a rumor. No, that that wasn't. Yeah, um, that was bad. That was a fake thing. Um, or it was not. not I remember I, we discussed I, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I bring it up just because. Um, like we are, we are still in the process of coming out of the COVID era in terms of like stabilizing releases. And unfortunately, we're going to go into a period of great instability mm-hmm. in in the near future. And again. COVID itself is like having another rise too. So who knows how yeah. that's going to affect? Who knows how that'll play out? But yeah. So anyway, uh, I feel like the easiest way to deal with that is give one point for a movie this well, well, yeah. Because that, I, 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 yeah, go ahead. That's kind of what dark horses are for, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, just some thoughts on on next year and some behind the scenes on this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we get to the winner of this year's Summer Movie Wager, which is uh, there is one person. So so the winner of this year's Summer Movie Wager, I'm not going to say what it is yet, uh, got 46 points. Okay. The winner overall of the leaderboard is a user named Callie Raisin, who got 74 points. <laughs> wow. California Raisins? Wow. Uh, we One tried to reach out to this person, uh, but they did not leave an email address, so we can't contact mm. them. Uh, but whoever Callie Raisin is out there, so let me let me tell you some of the things that Callie Raisin did on their list, okay? Callie Raisin. Callie mad, Raisin mad got... props. Yeah, so Callie Raisin got... Um, so put they put Spider-Verse number one and Barbie number two. So right off the wow. bat, they got 14 points for those this two. Is, teams, yeah, this is crazy. Right? Um, Guardians, Oppenheimer, and Little Mermaid, they hit all those three dead on. That's... Three, four, and five, they got those exactly correct. Um, and Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, uh, they dead on at number seven, and also Transformers Rise of the Beast, dead on at number nine. The thing that's, that's incredible. amazing no about this. No hard feelings at 10 is the only mistake. Yeah. Come on. No hard no feelings, hard they put at number 10. But yeah. the, the, the thing that's most amazing about this is that, uh, who's the, what's the name again? Callie Raisin. Callie Raisin. It is our honor to be able to tell you that you will be replacing David Chen on the podcast going forward. <laughs> wow. Congratulations! Wow. Yeah, I'm also learning about this news literally as we speak. So that's that's amazing. We heard that, yeah. we heard that through the grapevine, Cali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. All right. So anyway, congratulations to Cali Raisin. A staggering outcome. That that's someone who I'm like. I, I wish yeah. I could talk to them to get inside their head. And understand how they yeah, made those choices. Sure. Like that's, I mean, that's incredible. amazing. Right? I've also convinced... got a lot of listeners, uh, way, well above our scores. Yeah. So, oh, oh, so God. many. That's not atypical, though. That's, <laughs> that's at least two hundred. I'm, <laughs> I'm convinced. Kelly Raisin <laughs> is a time traveler that came, went mm-hmm. back in time, made their votes, made a couple mess ups just so it doesn't look purpose, too perfect. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, can't, you can't like have every single answer. Then yeah, it's like that'd suspicious. Be suspicious. That would be suspicious. Yeah. It is notable though that like of all the thousands of people that entered, um, no one like, and this happens every year. But like, I don't think anyone got like dead on every single one, right? So that's yeah. um, the holy grail. Yeah, that's yeah. the holy grail. One day it'll happen. That's but, the all right. dial of destiny. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so I think that's gonna bring us to the end of the episode. So let's talk about who was 
the number one winner. Um, let's let's count up to it, I guess. Uh, in dead last with thirty three points, it's Jermaine Lucier and me, David Chen. Woo! Tie for, yes. for last. Of all the people that were last, we were the best at it. Right. Uh, so yeah, coming yeah. in third place with with thirty seven points. Jefferson Canada. I made the podium. Amazing. Woo! I made the podium. <laughs> That's what no trailers gets you. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Coming in at second place with 42 points, Devendra Hardwar. Woo! So Nicely close. done. Pretty close. And coming in in first place for the second fucking year in a row. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> he repeated. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good one. Peter like Serretta, 46 points. Peter Serretta, congratulations. Um, uh, the the critical moves that Peter made, he dead hit Spider-Verse at number two, giving him 10 points. He dead hit Elemental at number 10, giving him 13 points. Peter Serretta, how does it feel? Um, it, it, it feels great. I mean, it, I mean, I, I'm going to need some better competition next year. Oh, wow. 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 That's why Fair. Kelly Raisin is replacing Dave Chan on the podcast. <laughs> Peter, you were so. you were two Blue Beetle spots away from losing and uh, to, to me on this uh. show. Uh, and that's the thing. You know, Jeff, Jeff cannot have pointed this out, but like our lists were all extremely similar, right? It was just a yeah. little bit here, a little bit there. Uh, Peter Serena making Spider-Verse number two was like the biggest kind of uh, Hail Mary, uh, Gambit, whatever you want to call it. But, right? and, so. but Elemental, when you hit one of the t- one or oh, yeah. one or 10 dead on is almost yeah. a, is not a lock, yeah. but it helps. And there, you yeah, know, it really it. helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, Peter, congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, you, we all heard the tape, like the Spider-Verse call mm-hmm. was a dead really on, great yeah. one. Really great one. So nicely done. All right, so uh, Peter Serena, as part of your prize, you get to choose what we all watch. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about a few credits for the podcast. Um, Jermaine Lucier, senior reporter at io9 Gizmodo. Jermaine, why don't you let us know where you can find more of your work on the internet? Yeah, uh, io9.com, uh, and I'm still on uh, all the socials, even the, the bad ones. Uh, <laughs> at, at, uh, at Jermaine Lucier. He's on all of that. He's on Gab. He's on Truth Social. <laughs> he's on Truth Social. Yes. He's on yes. the bad ones. He, he's on Rumble. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Um, Peter Serena. <laughs> Peter Serena, where can we find more of your work on the internet? You can find me at Ordinary Adventures on YouTube. Right now, we're covering the Halloween season, so we went to Oogie Boogie Bash, Halloween Horror Nights. We're doing a lot of that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in, in the like haunted horror events, go check it out on Ordinary Adventures on YouTube. This podcast exists because of the folks at patreon.com slash film podcast. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to sign up for ad-free episodes and exclusive After Darks, patreon.com slash film podcast is where you can do that. Find more episodes of thefilmcast.com. Find us across all platforms at the Filmcast Pod. I want to give a big shout out to Noah Ross, who helped me with a lot of the clips from this episode. Uh, I, I also want to give a shout out to Kurt Mega, who helps with the video work. And the editing of this podcast was done by me, David Chen. All right. Next week on the podcast, we are going to be covering Bottoms. Uh, going to be a fun episode of the show. Uh, got a great guest lined up for that episode. And so you should look forward to that episode. Um, and we got some fun stuff coming up over the next few weeks. I'm really looking forward to the slate that we're going to be covering. So stay tuned to the Filmcast for more great fun and coverage of the hottest movies that are out in theaters right now. Peter Serretta. Let us know. Gonna make us what watch is go the again. thing that you Just have chosen? Second so you, you you could have chosen. What'd you say, well, Jeff? Can he's I? gonna make us watch go again. Yeah, <laughs> Let's do it. go well, again. Last year, I, I decided to pull out like a, a movie I really liked that like a lot of people hadn't seen. I was like, you know, I'll I'll, I'll do 
good in this world. And, all the, and then you guys crapped all over the movie. Crapped, didn't like the movie. <laughs> no. Outdated. I get it. Now Whatever. he's drunk with power. No, no. Yes. So this year I'm pulling the Dave Chen card out. Of, out <laughs> oh, no. And I, I'm picking a movie that uh, is a bad movie. I'm gonna make you guys watch. I'm, you you are getting punished. With, and actually, not not really because. Uh, so there's this movie that came out in 2012. It premiered at the Seattle International Film Festival. Bad enough uh, already. All right. Yes, uh, I we're saw world it. class festival. Is it I, called I, 2012? No, I saw. It, I'm leading up to it. I saw it at at uh, the Buttonomathon. Uh, the Tim League showed it at Buttonomathon. This is a film by a filmmaker named Neil Breen, and it's called Fateful Findings. And uh, it, it oh, might no. be one of the best, worst movies I've ever seen. So you might enjoy it because people actually say it's better than The Room in terms of it's like that kind Not of movie. Not a high bar. Not a high bar. Uh, better than The Room. Is this poster is really you. making me worry. Oh, my God. I've, see, this I've seen. Yeah. This, this is a legendary. Yeah. It is. See, a, what's you've seen again? it? I have Fateful not seen findings. it. I've seen the, I've seen the trailer. Okay. It is a, findings. It is a legendarily terrible film. It is a legendarily terrible. This film. looks fun. The, but, just the trailer playing right now looks fun. Yeah. And by okay. the way, if any if anybody out there plans to watch this before we do that episode, whenever that happens, uh, invite all your friends over to see this. Like this is a, a movie that will play better with like a whole crowd of people. And yeah. I'm, I'm basically just doing this. Three to... IMDb rating. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's only going to cost me $13 to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somehow. Find yeah, somewhere. I know. We'll, uh, find but, it. we'll find it. But I'm doing this just, uh, all because I want at the end of the episode for, for David Chen to say at the end of the day, uh, it's remarkable that Neil Breen, Neil Breen <laughs> made the movie. <laughs> and I, I want to say with this than with Go, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is Peter's choice. Fateful Findings. Uh, our fates, our fates. This is brilliant. Congratulations, yeah. Peter. Congratulations. I, nice work, uh, we man. can't we can't leave the episode without once again saying that David Chen came in last. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All we hope for. <laughs> it, will, uh, it will just make my eventual victory next year. All the sweet. Keep laying it on, Jeff. It will just make my eventual victory all the sweeter. All right. Uh, well, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of the Filmcast. Um, so, yeah. Thank you to everyone for participating this year. It's been a blast. And uh, big thanks to everyone who helped put this episode together. Uh, next week, it's going to be Bottoms. Tune in then for another episode of the Filmcast. Until then, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>